0: Okay, well that that's where the track splits then. Yes, yes, that's where the. So yeah, I have that. Yeah, you won't hear this song. So, uh, so uh, again, verbatim, our <laughs> hit. This is our hit. This next song is our hit. You won't hear this song anywhere but in your goddamn car, at home, or on this fucking stage, and that's the way it should be, ladies and gentlemen. Vinnie Paul, Paul on, on the, the drums, drums please. please start that song. Well, okay, so I listened to that part like ten <laughs> times in a row, and I think he says, "Please cha cha cha." That's what I wrote. I wrote sick next to it because I don't know for sure. (laughs) But uh, that is what I heard. That's all I can that's all I can comprehend from it.
1: Is there a video
0: recording of this too? No. There's not, unfortunately, for some reason, I, thought I thought there I was. I don't know oh, why. Well, because he, he talks about it in the middle of fucking walk, which which I don't like the song Walk, but alright. Oh, he says they're filming for the goddamn home we're video. We're filming for the
2: goddamn live home video. Uh,
1: you know, he got confused. Film, record, you know, <laughs>
2: that's the difference. <laughs> My favorite part of that rant is how he's like, you know. <laughs> Episode 23, recorded March 18th, 2022. I'm really excited to have both of y'all here, because these are two of my favorite people. And we get to talk about, like, one of my favorite, you know, favorite bands, blah,
0: blah, blah, all that sort of stuff. So um, I'm happy to have Harrison here, because now we get to see how talking over each other is really going to work
2: yeah because
0: mad first,
2: <laughs> well, yeah, cause you and I have been friends for like twenty five years, and we have this rhythm where I call where like podcast or no, I call you up every two to three weeks and just tell you everything I've been thinking about for two hours or so. Hmm. Um, that happens <laughs> yeah <laughs> and and I don't do that to him because <laughs> I don't. I don't I don't trust him to
1: stay my you're, friend. You're like that meme of like the soldier who's like hovering over the child and there's all these bullets hitting his back so the child doesn't have to deal with it. You know, I'm the child <laughs> yeah, and I know you're you the mean. soldier with all the bullets in your back. And then it's actually just Richard's words. <laughs> oh wow, too real.
2: Yeah, I it, I'm I'm not I'm not going to contest that. Uh, uh it, it is what it is. It is what it is. But you should but start anyway, recording those well that's (laughs) that's that's the premise actually (laughs) turns out (laughs) Uh, but yeah so we thought it would be cool to because we've already done two episodes on Pantera so we thought it would be cool to throw a third one to throw you in here to you know mix it up because you're a little younger than us and so you'll have a different perspective on all that yeah how old are you 35 oh not that much just turned
1: just turned 35 okay in February
0: yeah you're almost as old as we are
1: but I think, importantly, the, the minor difference in age by a few years, right? What, 38, 39? Mm-hmm. 38. 38. Three years, three to four years, I feel like is a big difference in Pantera time <laughs> right. because of the <laughs> era and the age that we would have been at. Because you guys yeah. would have been way more mature than me in the, like the glory days of Pantera, I feel like. At least in my mind, that was the case.
2: Right. So I feel like that's a, that's, that's, that's a really good point of it. Because something I've always really found fascinating about talking to you and our mutual friend jacob is how different y'all's experience with like slipknot is mm. than mine mm. because and i mean just that few years right yeah because i saw slipknot like in 99 on stage at Ozfest, and i was already into death metal and i was already into black metal and all that sort of stuff so like I already had Morbid Angel Records. Right. I already had Emperor Records. I already had I already knew what grindcore was. You know, so when I saw Slipknot, it was like, oh well these guys listen to these guys listen to Pantera and Metallica and Korn and all that other shit.
0: Yeah. <laughs> all that crazy extreme and stuff. You were able to pick that through line out. Yeah. So see the-
2: right. And it made me feel really seen. Like, oh, these fucking weirdos listen to the same stuff I listen to. Uh, which just really affected how closely I bonded and sort of became a lifetime ride-or-die fan of theirs. And I got to, like, meet Joey, you know, and he was just super cool and gracious mm-hmm. that day and nice all, all sorts of stuff like that, you know. All right. Um, and um, But when you first heard Slipknot, they were already on, like, album three, right? I actually remember... I remember, I, I'm pretty sure I remember when
1: Iowa came out. Okay. And I, was, I we, were ar- we were already listening to them. That's right. That's right. <clears throat> but it was different because where you saw Slipknot as a culmination of influences that you were already aware of in the extreme metal genre or universe, mm-hmm. I just saw them as the logical next step in extreme progression from what I had been listening to before then, which was like Korn mm-hmm. and whatever. Uh-huh. And so I wasn't really a very closely, o- intimately aware of like death metal or morbid angel or whatever death right right and so when i heard slipknot it was just like for me it was always this like s- stepping up of extremity or extremeness yeah. whatever you want to call it um ratcheting I yeah i exactly. described it as yeah it's saying. like once you ratchet up the extreme metal you know like you just can't go back you know yeah. in theory right and then you realize that it, you know it, that that ex- extreme is in the eye of the beholder and there's different types of extreme and it's like blah 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 so yeah, so Slipknot for me wasn't like a, uh, oh, wow, these cool guys from Iowa are like pulling together all these extreme influences and ma- making it like almost mainstream, if not mainstream. I didn't see it that way. I, th- I saw it as like, these guys are like the heaviest thing I've ever heard in my life. They're the most extreme thing that's ever been made. And I don't know how you could top this. And then like, I think the next day I heard Nile and I was like, oh, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> but to me, it was like just a progression. It wasn't like a, a, a mosaic of extreme, you know? So that's,
0: that's actually much closer to my experience okay. because I didn't have your... Your uh, back your, your my p-
2: metallic acumen. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Yo, I was I was trying to make like a painting palette reference there, but we'll go with that. Uh, I didn't have the background in extreme metal and stuff that you had, whereas to me, and I think it also had to do with the people who I was hanging out with. Predominantly, also felt that exact same way, which mm. was like, we listen to alternative, and then mm-hmm. here's this, which incorporates hip-hop which we're also sort of into and that naturally leads us into Slipknot's world and like techno was becoming a thing at that point
2: right 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 yeah big Uh, big techno energy and all of their stuff yeah so for for me
0: it was also at that time much more like this is some of the most extreme shit I've ever heard Mm -hmm. uh I didn't necessarily know or I wasn't able to pick out where all where all it came from right 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 Uh, so I can see both sides. Yeah, that, that, I'm both that, sidesing it. Is what I'm saying.
2: So, so you were listening to corn before that? And yeah, and I, like, I think what so.
1: Else? I, I think so. I mean, I was definitely a big fan of alternative rock, and then that kind of gave way to to new metal. And like, I don't know if we want to go down memory lane. Yeah, necessarily, yeah, yeah. You but know, like no, my, no, I think this is this is good. It's it's an interesting. It's a really interesting um f- uh, dynamic for me because actually a lot of musical uh, influence that I had not having uh, brothers or sisters. Or like people mm-hmm. that were like my age that I lived with much mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, was my stepsisters and my stepbrother who my, my dad remarried when I was like seven and uh, his wife my stepmom had three kids and uh, <clears throat> before they were married but they were like roughly my age and a little bit older and so I would see them summers and winters you know when I would go visit my dad and my stepbrother was my same age and it was really funny because he got into corn and like new metal and like Limp Bizkit, um before me and. If you knew us, you would think that that was really silly because he's just not like a metal guy or like a hard rock okay. guy. He okay. just happened to get into that. I don't know if it was peer pressure or something, but he was like, yeah, Life is Peachy is the shit. And I was like, this is too scary for me. It's too scary. <laughs> life is Peachy is too
2: scary, John, but thank you for the recommendation. I'm not ready for this. Dude, you know, that that's... So I remember buying... The first Corn record and the first White Zombie record at the same time. Like I was, I stayed home from school sick, and my mom like took me to the mall or something. We watched like Birdcage in the theater. It's yeah. in the mall, but I also I might be mixing up two things, but whatever. But I got those two records also, and I remember getting home because I knew Shoots and Ladders and mm-hmm. Blind because they were on like a VHS of MTV late night videos. My aunt had sent me because I didn't have MTV, um, and. And I remember when it got to ball Tongue, I had to turn it off. <laughs> yeah, man. Like, I literally had to. I was like, I can't handle this. Mm-hmm. I can't handle this. Give me Black Sunshine again, please. I can't deal with ball Tongue. So, uh, so yeah. I, so,
1: so, I think Korn for me was one of the gateway um, heavier bands that I was exposed to. And <clears throat> they ended up being one of the ones that I got really into, you know, like in
2: middle school and stuff. How, how into Metallica were you? At this point.
1: I think by that point, I was already into... Well, I think I was into them. I was definitely into them by the time I, I had heard Corn, um, And I distinctly remember buying like Ride the Lightning. I was in Denver, actually, at the time, visiting my stepmom's family. And I remember walking to like the record store, buying a CD, and then going and sitting on the couch and listening to it in my man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And just yes. kind of like, just having an out-of-body experience with how incredible it was, you know? Fuck yeah. And I think it was probably around that same time. So I, I knew I was into metal, and I was into like... You know, like Metallica type metal and, and hard rock was right. still like very melodic and like Corn was very like angular and like you know a melodic and at times and things like and it was just not I was not ready for it at that point sure. originally right. and right. then eventually I did but
0: yeah right yeah it's a Corn diff- is a different kind of intensity it's really funny because the the path you described there is the f- same path that my dad ended up taking with Corn nice which was that I like this guy uh, yeah right <laughs> you guys get along so so at some point uh. I, it was my birthday for some year, maybe like ninety seven or so, 96, 97 and he took me to Sound Waves in Houston somewhere, like on Westheimer or wherever it was. Mantras, uh, mantras. Okay, uh, it's been like twenty five years. Now. <laughs> uh, Poser. <laughs> <I'm just kidding. laughs> You probably uh, didn't even buy a surfboard fair. there. <laughs> <laughs>
1: there wow. probably was one on Westheimer at some point, to be, I mean, shit. Man, yeah, I don't know.
0: Yeah, I'm not, I'm not trying to. Yeah, no, whatever. But anyway, we went to Soundwaves, and he was like, you can pick out like two albums to buy. And I got uh, Smash, Offspring, nice. and the first Korn album. And when he looked at the like cover of the first Korn album, he was like, I don't know about this one. <laughs> and then the back cover, he was like, I really don't know about this one. Because it's like some dark shit, right? For like a, whatever I was at the time, 12, 13-year-old kid. Right. Um, And, but nonetheless, he was like, if that's what you want, that's I'll get it for you. Because I'm not going to like stop you from listening to the music you want to listen to. Cool dad um, alert. So, uh he like wasn't too into it when the first time he heard it. But like, after a while, I went over to his place and he was like, he was just playing it of his own volition. Like he had gone and bought it. And then his nice. kids, who were like three, four at the time, were like dancing to it, <laughs> and they grew up loving that shit. Uh, so awesome. it was really cool. Yeah, that's wild. Yeah,
2: I mean, a bit of context: like his dad and his brothers like gave him like Pantera and Primus CDs, and he was like nine or ten. Yeah. Oh, nice! Or yeah. some huge some... gateway for this type. That's of music amazing. For me. That's so amazing. I was yeah.
0: lucky. Yeah,
2: that that that's a big. It seems like when we were sort of really unpacking our, because we're like the same age grew up in the same town, you know, and the real big hinge points in our early musical development seem to be like his dad and his uncles and his access to MTV. Yes. Those seem to be the uh, two yeah, big, interesting, big, okay. big giant inflection points because I didn't have that. So I wasn't, there was so much I wasn't exposed to because of that. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, I think that, I feel like, you could tell almost the entire. I, I've I've told you the spiel before, in some sense, but I feel like there's a big, you know, like between Metallica, Pantera, Corn, and Slipknot, you sort of can, like, those are quadrants on which you can place <laughs> the emotional tone of of really any metal band. Almost, <laughs> I feel, because Metallica is very kind of stoic, mm-hmm. cerebral. And, yeah, yeah. Like we're gonna sing about fucked up things. You know, but I'm not necessarily. There's like a distance from the from
0: the object. Yeah, we're observing it, observing and reporting. Yeah,
2: right, right, right. And then like Pantera is a little bit more, like, oh yeah, that like oh that dude will beat me up. (laughs) You know. Yeah, it's like very true and raw to
1: the person, but it's not about anything like. Uh, deep, really, I guess. <laughs> I don't know what the right word. <laughs> it's like very emotional, but not like in a useful
0: way. <laughs> like, if you, if you summed up our conversation. So, that was our that was that was our, our vulgar. So the first oh, nice. yeah that episode was like what two and a half hours long, and you, think you summed it up in about ten words. Yeah. Like. Do you guys get
1: into the lyrics when you talk about um Pantera or just any music? I mean, I guess you probably more should. so
0: more so you, but yeah, I do. Yeah, you know. I do. It d-
1: it
2: depends on the band, really. Yeah, but but with Pantera, yeah, because I care or, a lot d- about d- lyrics.
0: Did you mean when we were discussing it or when yeah we... yeah 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 oh yeah <laughs> oh, oh yeah yeah shit got weird. I don't I don't on my like personal listens typically. I don't I don't typically get too much into lyrics generally. Yeah. Uh yeah. but for this I like paid more attention to it because I knew it would be, come up.
2: Yeah. And and so but and I guess like but then the thing so like in in Pan- like if we talk about like that that arc, right? Like those four um like Pantera is angry, but it's a lot more volatile in how it presents and it's a little more dangerous than Metallica is. Mhm. Um that's not as much. It's not as distant Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. and but it's not really vulnerable it it is it is in a way but but in but still in a very like tough guy way Mm -hmm. yeah um and then corn is so vulnerable (laughs) just like i am not fucking okay to a fault yeah yeah yeah. too vulnerable yeah and then slipknot puts it all together is
1: okay interesting
2: because you have that sort of Un, that danger, that like unsafe, you know, element with Slipknot, but you also have that anger and intensity that you don't quite have that same kind of anger and intensity with Corn. but you also have the vulnerability that you have, that you have in corn. You, you
0: feel like Slipknot might kill you, but they don't dislike you, but you can see why they're like that also. Yeah. It really, it really, it all cool... <laughs> It all coalesces into these nine yeah. dudes you kind of want to hang out with but are really scared of.
2: Right, right, yeah. And, and like, I've never – like, I've thought, like, man, it would be so cool to hang out with Pantera. Or I'd like to meet the guys in Metallica. Or I bet I'd feel some kinship with the guys in Slipknot. And <laughs> I've never thought that I ever wanted to hang out with anybody in Korn. Oh, man.
1: But they're from Bakersfield, so – I don't know. That doesn't mean anything to me. Yeah, it shouldn't.
0: (laughs) You're damn right it doesn't.
1: No, we went to Bakersfield. Amanda and I went to Bakersfield a few years ago because she was working out there um, for a large oil and gas company. And uh, Hmm. Bakersfield is like basically just known for oil and gas and corn. That's what they're known for. Oh, okay. So it's like Bakersfield is like a, a desert kind of dusty. Like almost like a Texas kind of town, like it's real big mm-hmm. in country music. Actually, it's got a really cool country music history, actually. Yeah, and there's some pretty cool, like old honky tonks and like dive bars there, but it's kind of a shitty place. That's I'm not really funny
2: because I, I say that I say that now, right? But whenever that corn VHS Who Then Now came out, oh, sure, yeah. Every I don't know how much how wrapped up
0: you got in this, I watched a lot of that video. But that's about it.
2: Well, we, me, and Jeremy and Josh just basically would try to dress like them and try to reenact pretty much everything in that video. Oh wow! Um, it it was a it was a a bible of of instructions of being like style and everything. This is this is how you talk to each other. Wow! This is how you interact with each other. You know, we got to get this kind of footage from us playing at a party. Um, if you if you. You know, I don't I don't have any beer to knock over onto the carpet and slurp up like head does, so I'll do it with my sprite when I spill it in the band hall. And, but it was it was it was it was you know, so I'm corn was a huge, huge influence on and so it's interesting because like what you're describing is like, Oh yeah, that sounds exactly like, you know, Mont Bellevue and Beaumont, just with yeah, you know, trees. Exactly. Yeah, you know, where exactly. we grew up but with trees. (laughs) Um, So, but I don't know. I feel like those, you know, those are always good reads to get on someone, Hmm. you know, like, okay, well, you know, like your path through that. Like I, something I always find interesting is when you talk to people who are different ages, what their relationship to Metallica is, because that's, because I've talked to people who are older than me that they're... Like, I've, I've met people that say that Ride the Lightning is the sellout Metallica album. Right. Because it has acoustic guitar on it.
3: Mm,
0: right. Because if you, if you were there on the ground floor for Kill 'Em All, yeah. and then you go to yeah. Ride the Lightning... Which is that... ba-
1: almost basically punk uh, to an Yeah, extent, exactly. Right? I mean, exactly. It was, yeah. Like
0: a, it was like a complete 180 in what some ways. What is this, ways.
1: harpsichord? Fuck this. <laughs> right. The first thing you hear is a harpsichord, I'm
2: done. Immediately, no. <laughs> Classical
0: stylings? Get that shit out of here. Yeah. Right.
2: And so it's it's interesting to you know. Whereas I was blown away the first time that I found out that there were people who didn't like the Black Album.
1: Mm. Oh yeah, interesting.
2: I, I, my mind was literally blown. I, I, I it was it was like someone I don't know. It was like someone telling me like the, the sky was p- purple or something. Um. And you're like, well, the sky is purple at a certain time of day. Okay,
1: Neil deGrasse Tyson. <laughs> Actually. Uh,
2: but yeah, so so what were. So when like Load and. Because Great Southern Tranquil and Load came out around almost like within a month of each other. Ah, that's an interesting parallel. Like May 6, 1996, or May 7, 1996, and like June 4th, uh-huh. something like that. You know, uh-huh. somewhere, somewhere in there, right? And so. Those were two of the first albums I remember going and buying the day that they came out. So what was the first album or albums you remember going and buying the day that they oh, came man. out? Mm. That's such a good question and a hard one
1: because I'm, I feel like I have a terrible memory. I'll tell you the, like the one that comes to mind is actually like <laughs> later, later in my metal journey, um, I think that most of the metal that I was consuming uh, earlier on, like in middle school when I was really discovering and exploring, was all you know legacy stuff, right? Stuff that had been around for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, like there was such a large back catalog that I was that I felt like I needed to catch up on in a in a way, right? right. And I mean, I'm sure that like, I, I probably remember, you know, like when Issues came out by Corn or so, something yeah. like that, you know, I don't like, it It didn't stick in my brain though as like an, an event, mm-hmm. but I feel like um, even though again, this was later on, I mean, but when Deliverance by Opeth came out, okay, that was f- like, for me, that was a, uh, for some reason, a very memorable moment musically when I was like, okay, this is my favorite band at the time it's the best band that's ever existed of all time and they're coming out with a new album holy fuck i'm gonna ride my bike all the way to tower records which was like a 45 minute bike ride and my mom would kill me if she knew we were riding that far and i'm gonna go buy it and put it in my backpack and take it home with me like i, I remember so that cool. i remember that
2: that's uh that was 03 i think
1: that sounds about right yeah, yeah i think that was because I, I definitely didn't have a car yet so where that... was that at where did i buy
0: it were, like where were you living at the time uh sugarland
1: so, okay, okay. So this would have been like I forget I forget if it was like a tower Tower Records or a warehouse music or something like that. But um, it was in like you know town and country mall area or whatever it was. Okay. Off gotcha. Of, yeah. Whatever that is, Williams Trace or something.
2: Yeah, 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 yeah. That's uh, I remember, I remember trying to get. I remember the first time that I showed Robert Opeth in like 2002 or 2001. I showed you like Blackwater Park, and you were like, "This is, these are, hmm." You're like, why? You're like, these are. There's good stuff happening, but why is it happening together?
0: Mm. I, think, I think I was probably tripping out on the different vocal styles. Right. And that it went that from. That he employs, yeah.
2: You know, that it went from like this almost like Eagles style classic rock, prog rock vibe mm-hmm. to, you know, the death metal and what. Like it was just, you know, there's like a part of me that wishes, like, if there would have been a way. For me to be friends with Harrison and Jacob. Right. <laughs> because I, you know, because I
0: tried, I was into a lot of that stuff, mm-hmm. but I couldn't. <laughs> you couldn't force it upon us. I couldn't find a
2: single motherfucker to fucking oh, be into yeah, Opeth. Was,
0: there were no inroads.
2: So we were at some of the same shows, you know? Like, oh, I'm sure, yeah.
0: Like sure. Engine Room yeah, and, yeah.
2: and stuff like that in, in 03 and whatnot. And so, but that, yeah, so. But I mean, sp-
1: speaking of the, like, t- to go back to your comment about, like, not being able to comprehend someone not liking the Black Album or whatever. Well, so mm. wh- when was your, what album did you get introduced to Metallica on? Black Album. Okay, so that's it, right? I mean, like, th- I think about that a lot. Mm-hmm. And, like, the the way that you get exposed to a thing, it's really ultimately about expectations, I think. But, like, the the the, the sure. time and the context and the specific, you know, piece of art that you get exposed to for an artist right, colors your... Totally. appreciation of their back and forward catalog like in ways that you cannot um like you can't change you can't help but be different because yeah. of the point at which you happen to jump into the stream of metallica
0: and you certainly can't understand it until it becomes retrospect right yeah
2: 100 percent. Right, so. right 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 yeah like i the you know the first time i heard i was i like was I was like 10 or 11 and I was, had a contact high in the back of my mom's friend's car <laughs> right. and wherever I ro- may roam came out on the radio and she turned that shit up and I was like, oh, I didn't know sound could do this. I, I, was, I was, I was high. I was like a high, like 11 year old, but it changed my life. It was like, that was what, I was like, well, I have to have more of this. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, the music. I was like, I can't get the weed. Yeah, I so like, I got to have more of the music. Mom, I got to get this. The,
1: yeah, music, like, the music, though. At that point, you didn't actually know what was making you high, like the smoke <laughs> that you were smelling or the music. So you are like, yeah, some, more of that music. Hey, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I didn't. Um, if things had
0: gone another way. we would. Have I'm just so return.
2: glad that, that could you imagine <laughs> If she would have like I don't know, I don't I can't even think of like a good example, but she turned up like fucking white snake or something you know, I don't know well, I don't know the cherry I, pie song or something from that I one have band. no clue. Banger. Damn Yankee Well I don't know, but that's the thing I was like I was already exposed to so much music already because of my mom. I already you know what I mean yeah, um, yeah. so it wasn't like but uh, but yeah, that was my entry point to Metallica and then I was like, well, I mean if this is great, then the other stuff's great. So I got all of it and I was like, oh man, this is all awesome. I got re- I really got into Ride the Lightning. That was my favorite one, and then and Justice for All, because it was like the most technical or whatever. And Kill 'em All was like ah oh, these vocals. Yeah. <laughs> when I was a kid, I love Kill 'em All now. But um. And then L- Load came out, and and I remember like having bets with my friends of like which which one which which song on here do you think is going to be the next single?
3: Because
2: <laughs> it was like this album has to be as big as the Black Album. Mm-hmm. You
0: know, You're just mapping it onto the success, it, yeah. right?
2: Exactly. You know, um, and then I like went and saw Pantera in July of 1996, and Phil took like five minutes to talk about <laughs> what a terrible album Load was in front of like ten thousand people, <laughs> and and I and I became instantly. I instantly I understood. Oh yeah, you're right, Phil. That album is shit. I hate Metallica.
1: I'm so lucky. But also, Pantera. one of the things that I learned <laughs> while listening to the Official Live is that he just fucking rambles about who God knows what. Oh yeah, on stage. Man, these are the, <laughs> those Dude, rambles. The
0: thing about pussies is that they're posers or whatever. <laughs> Had you never? Heard and of all I've shit? been saying <laughs> for fucking years. <laughs> so, <yeah>. um,
1: <laughs> I, I got... mean, I I didn't listen
2: to it back in the day, really.
0: Okay. Yeah. Okay. So
1: honestly, it was kind of like rediscovering it for me it, it, this it,
2: week the rants on 101 are the top shelf of Phil's rants that's got, the best it got i got notes it's amazing i
0: got i got notes if you if you'll rec- oh, whatever we'll get into that
2: yeah yeah so so <sighs> which is it's it so yeah that 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 became like that and it's it i always have to talk about those two albums together because my because my experience <laughs> My window into Phil's experience of Load colored mine, mm, mm-hmm. because looking back, I still I think that's a great record. I still love listening to it. I still think the songs on it are great. You know, on Load. Yeah. Um. It's like but, that thing.
1: Like if it wasn't Metallica, you'd like it or whatever. You know. Like I do think that there's some pretty banger that. banger songs on there. No,
0: fuck that. I like it because it is Metallica. Yeah. Because I, I'm sure that's true for some people, but
2: fuck, who cares? The thing I, I really the thing that i really like about metallica like my go-to spiel on them is that they make records for themselves and they play shows for their fans and i think that is the fucking winning ticket for success yeah as mm-hmm. like a, a mm-hmm. metal band yeah. you know because you don't want to go out there and force the new songs that no one likes down their down your audience's throat you know like you've never gone to see Metallica and been disappointed because they didn't play master of puppets and understand man and said, mm-hmm. but true, you know, mm-hmm. you, you get those. Right. And so, but they're still doing the things they feel like they need to do creatively. Right. And, and I, I respect that. Even if I don't like all those records, I respect them trying mm-hmm. to do so, at least trying to do something different because especially metal where it's such a conservative genre and people, like as soon as, it seems like as soon as people find something that works, they're like, well, I guess this is where I'm going to be at for the next 20 years. And yeah, that was my experience when I went to go see Cataclysm uh, a few weeks ago. And yeah. uh, it was like,
1: wow,
0: these guys are still, still doing that. Still making huh? That, still doing that huh?
1: <laughs> and okay, that's fine. That, that
0: works, I guess. I was extremely pleased today to see a thread on a forum uh, about some dude saying, Man, have you guys seen this baby metal shit? This is real garbage. And every single person who filtered in after you know what baby 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 mm-hmm. metal? Is? Mm-hmm. Baby, 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 baby. Every single person who came in to reply to this dude was like, they're fine. Like fucking shut up, idiot. <laughs> yeah. I was like, yeah, totally. Because who get it? who cares? Like it's it's something completely different to what you're used to and maybe it makes you a bit uncomfortable in some parts, but like
2: That is a cool thing that I I feel like I've definitely seen the past sort of five or six years is there's been a definite sort of needle move in the metal press where they've been sort of intentionally more like, all right, well, we're going to talk about Isan from Emperor being inspired by The Weekend, you know, (laughs) like we're, you Hmm. know, like intentionally sort of, I guess... not pushing the shit on other genres or shit on things that don't neatly fit. Yeah. You know, um, I feel like it's been sort of an intentional thing and I'm, and I'm, I'm all for it. Cause that, that, yeah. that approach is like really boring. Um, yeah, that's,
1: that gets yeah, that yeah, that really old. That was always something that made me kind of un- uncomfortable about, about, um, some metal appreciators. Not all obviously is that like, there was always a weird, like, I don't, I don't know, like purity test or, or not even oh, purity yeah. test, but just like, like just I don't know, like elite elitist It's yeah. kind of all these yep. things where, yeah. where they just don't allow themselves to like appreciate things that are not like extremely sincere or dark or brooding or or heavy right. or moody or something like it doesn't have to be metal, you know, but like it, it can't be like fun or whatever you know like yeah, I, Right. <laughs> exactly. I don't know right. You know right 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 and you it, definitely can't put fun in metal. Are you fucking crazy? No no, that's how you get no fun out of state. Allowed.
2: no, I'm, I'm go to metal as escapism from the fact that I can't have fun like other people. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to see the people in my metal bands having fun too, unless they're <laughs> having fun with no girls around, which that'll relate to the Pantera Home videos when we talk about those. Yeah. Um, yeah. But no, man, you're right. Like there is, and I, I wonder if you being a little bit, I, I don't know. Cause I, I don't know. This is just it that I wonder about is that because it was a long time before I was able to put my finger on that and understand that that aspect of the metal community and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And so I wonder, I wonder if you being are you being slightly younger, or if there was something that, or maybe just being in a different area, because we were so isolated. That if you just found anyone who could just kind of tolerate the music that you listen to, then you're like, all right, well, I, if I can get them, if I can get to tolerate Slayer, I can get them to listen to Cradle of Filth, <laughs> and and it was and so it was like, all right, well, we're we're this is this is we're, we're the same people, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so I wonder if you, because like. What was that experience like for you, I guess sort of you know, like the social the social aspect.
1: aspect, the community aspect or whatever. yeah
2: of getting of like getting into heavy music or finding people to be into heavy music with and stuff like that or finding people to be in bands with mm-hmm. and like when and when did this inspiration, like this connection to heavy music translate into you playing it on guitar, being inspired to pick up the guitar?
1: yeah Ooh. I think I was fairly. I was fairly lucky to have you know a couple of really close friends that were kind of on the same page as me growing up um, with 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 music and and with heavy music and and Jacob obviously being one but there were other friends of mine that um, were outside of the circle of friends that I had with Jacob as well that were into metal back mm-hmm. back in the day like my friend Randy who I went to Dark Tranquility with the other day um, <clears throat> So I had multiple angles that I was coming out with and ironically Pantera actually, was a band that I loved in middle and high school that Jacob didn't really care for. He didn't really listen to them. Like he just, maybe it wasn't the right quadrant for him. You know, like sure. it just wasn't, it didn't click with him. Yeah. But I um, loved him and, and and I had friends who also loved them. Um, so, I, you know, I, it never felt to me like I was like, oh, I wish I had someone to listen to Pantera with or, you know, like I or, or right. I was looking or hungry for, for community um, with music necessarily. I felt like there was a pretty good amount of folks that um, would... Listen to similar things as me at the time, and we we were like it was a very fun discovery exploratory phase in that middle like you know late middle early high school era, when the internet was coming out and we were all just kind of finding things and being right. like oh I've heard this you know and like it was fun that was kind of like we we're almost like one upping each other like. I listened to Fear Factory. Oh, well. I listened to Slipknot. Oh, I listened to Nile. And like, oh, you listened to Demi Borger. Oh, wow. Like, so it's kind of like one of those things where it's almost like one-upping each other with how extreme you could listen to music. You know? Right. So right. I, I had a lot of that. Um, and I don't, I don't know, like what the what the inflection point was to like pick up a guitar and start playing. I had been playing guitar by myself, like in my bedroom for years. Mm-hmm. Um, my, I had a, I bought my own guitar in like early middle school. I think it was sixth or seventh grade, and I was just playing in my bedroom. And it was mostly like rock and roll type stuff, um, not much metal, really. Um, and then I, eventually, as my musical taste evolved, my guitar you know, playing also evolved uh, to follow suit. And I never, ever considered playing with other people, ever. I was just like, I just think guitar is fucking cool. I just want to play guitar. And I think it was Jacob, um, probably, that um, also decided to get a guitar And then there was a very competitive thing that started happening. And Mm -hmm. him and I haven't talked about this too much, but I know it was there. Um, But like there was definitely a competitive thing happening where like he got a guitar and Jacob being Jacob and like being extremely studious started getting really good and like better than me. And I was like, fuck, like (laughs) I've been playing longer than you, dude. You already have a nicer guitar and you're better than me. Like, that's not how this is going to work. You know, Yeah. never mind the like (laughs) years of piano lessons that he already had, which was surely
2: affecting things
1: (laughs) for sure. Yeah. It wasn't like he just picked it up out of nowhere. But uh, but so there was a little bit of that happening. And then All I think right. eventually he and I were just like, oh, we can like not just play Metallica together. We could maybe even come up with a thing. Um, and so that was like a natural progression. And then a, another friend of ours who, again, was in our our musical circle um, who you've met before, William, um, at the time we called him Billy. Uh, he was like already in a punk band um, back in the day called the onslaught and they used to play at the rosenberg theater and they were like legit you know Mm -hmm. punks from sugarland or whatever Um, Uh (laughs) uh, but no they were cool and so he was like already had been in a band before and he was like yeah let's start a fucking band and me and jacob were like ooh, that sounds scary you know like we just want to play guitar with each other in our bedroom like alone (laughs) um but 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 william was like no let's fucking let's start a metal band he's like i think it'd be cool to sing in a metal band and we were just like Okay. And so we like started a band, but we never played or anything. And then it was just from there, it kind of evolved naturally and real bands started to happen. But right. that's, that was kind of the trajectory, I guess,
2: for me. How much of that does, do you resonate with?
0: Some of it, the the wanting to play in my room alone part for years and years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 Yeah.
2: That's interesting. Cause it, I, I decided I wanted to be in a band <laughs> before I had drums. Shit. Interesting. Interesting. So,
0: um, no, like when I was, when I was picking up guitar and actually getting into playing it, I was, uh, I was good friends at the time with like Doug and Jack, mm-hmm. uh, and we all were the, of that same ilk of just like, we have guitars somehow or another, we acquired them. We like the same music generally. Right. We're, and we all sit in our rooms and just learn songs mm-hmm. that, from bands that we enjoy. We don't necessarily write songs. So we don't have things to write with each other or we don't really really know how to write things with one another but we do know how to play songs we know how to play some of the same songs so let's the three of us sit in a room and play the songs together because we like playing them yeah that's really what it became and it but it, but it, it wasn't even then any there was no concept of like let's start a band
2: Right. Until later,
0: which when that actually did happen with those three people exactly.
2: Right, because uh, that that's what was interesting is that like he and I didn't start off always being in the same band. Mm-hmm. There was like three or four different cliques in Dayton that had bands. Okay, and so eventually, eventually, sort of, you know, we stole him mm, from one of them. that's what happened. Yeah, um, uh, but but me and Jeremy. Like we we were we were very sort of like, hey, let's start a band. Okay, what
0: instrument do you want to play? <laughs> which guy are you gonna be? <laughs> yeah, we, yeah. Which guy are you gonna be? And I remember it was me,
2: Jeremy, Chris Carr, Josh Baker, and it was like, all right, will you be the drummer? Because I would already shown like an affinity for drums. So I had like a, a my, my like, grandma got me a drum set or something. Um, it's always the grandma's. My grandma got I, me a keyboard. That was oh like shit. my musical introduction. Thank you, Grandma. My grandma got me a keyboard too. There Thank you, you go. grandma. There you go. And um, but then I remember going over, I remember coming back to school the next day, like seventh grade. And I remember like telling the guys and talking to them, like, this is a serious talk. This is a serious talk. It's like, I can't be the drummer. I can't, I can't do it. That's not, that's not what I'm supposed to be. I need to be out front. <laughs> <laughs> And then Why can't the drummer be up front? Well, <laughs> t- <laughs> turns out. And then Chris goes, no, man, you'll be great. And like slaps me on the back like a fucking football coach. And I'm like, okay. And then I went back home and started practicing. <laughs>
0: wow. <laughs> and, Chris, you did it. Yeah, yeah. Th- thanks,
2: thanks, thanks, Chris. Chris. <laughs> thanks, Chris. Thanks, um, Chris. And uh, yeah, so then eventually I ended up being the singer and the drummer and all severed, and I would set the drums up.
0: At the front of the nice. stage, it was much more of like a lineup as opposed to a...
2: yeah, and it would be because it would be like guitar, drums. <laughs> like, why can't I see the drummer? Yeah. Other guitarists.
1: That's that's one of the things where like you think you're being like really avant garde and like like boundary busting, <laughs> and then you realize that oh, they just do that because it's practical to have the drummer in the back. It's not because it's like you know a, some some like legacy tradition that it's must not, never be, you it's know, like hierarchical it's actually smart. it makes sense. Anything. It yeah, actually exactly. makes sense,
2: yeah. Right, right. And it's like, well, dude, you have to fucking sit down to play your instrument. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And if we put a platform in the middle of the stage, other people can't move. Yeah. <laughs> so we put the platform back there. Um but but yeah, so that I think that's <laughs> that stuff's that stuff's fascinating. And so you eventually ended up nestled pretty firmly in extreme metal. Yeah. like with your tastes.
1: Yeah, yeah, right for sure. Yeah, and
2: that 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 ramp up happened pretty quick, from from what I understand, and because I got because like it's it's interesting. And again, mm-hmm. like this is this is the shit is so fascinating to me. I don't give a shit if anyone else is bored. This is fascinating to me because, like, you were talking about using the internet to discover music and like one up each other. Mm-hmm. Like we still had this competitive thing of trying to one up each other, but it happened from. You know, Robert reading Guitar World and reading these interviews about like Meshuggah and me reading Metal Maniacs, hmm. and and it and it just was a, a snail's
0: pace. Yeah, yeah, it was like me reading that article about Mashuga on how to play Stenga and bringing that riff into practice, and you you guys being like, "What the fuck are you playing? <laughs> you know, why are why you do this?" Yeah. But I also,
1: just, though, did you have an 8-string? No. Absolutely <laughs> not.
2: It was way too high. Yeah.
1: I mean, maybe if it had an 8-string, they would have been like, I get it. Yeah, yeah. It would have made more sense yeah. then. It, yeah, it exactly. was
2: funny, man, because I, I had gotten Chaos Fear in, like, 97 or 98 because Metal Maniac said it was important. And I, and I put it on, mm. and I had the same reaction I had to Corn, which was like, I can't I'm, handle I'm this. I'm not ready for this. I'm not ready for yeah. this. Put it in the case on the shelf for a few years. <laughs> but it really was Robert that did just one day he just he every every rehearsal he would show up and he was just he was just like y'all are i'm going to make y'all eat, eat this motherfucking masuga
0: and it was the right thing to do
2: and he he just you've got uh, to eat your masuga every single day <laughs> he forced it upon us and it became like part of our style or whatever of 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 incorporating that stuff but it was very it was very much he didn't really give us a choice it was either it was either we weren't gonna play with Robert, or we were gonna play my sugar shit. We were gonna play weird shit like this. Stern but fair. Stern, yeah, yeah, exactly. St- yeah, stern but fair.
0: Uh, but yeah, there there was no internet at the time, really, mm. as widespread as all that to to do that same sort of thing. Uh,
1: yeah, it's interesting because you said uh, when you said like you had a quick um, ascension, you know, in extreme metal or whatever. In my mind, it didn't feel quick, but relatively speaking, I bet it was because just because of the time frame. Uh, right. Like, I, I definitely had some of the organic, um, you know, I mean, internet is, at this point, I guess, considered organic. But, like, organic discovery where it's like, oh, you hear something that, like, your your friend's older brother played on the radio. And right, you're like, what was right. that? Or, or, like, you read a magazine or something like right. that. Right. But, but really, when I started getting very interested, the internet was kind of already a thing. Uh, it was still, like, dial-up or whatever. But you could literally just go into Napster. I mean, Napster was, I mean, early 2000s, late 90s or whatever. But, like, that was... Coincided quite nicely with my, you know, blossoming into all different types of music, including more extreme stuff. And so, if I had heard of something that like sounded extreme, I, I could go listen to it immediately, you know. Right. Uh, yeah. And so it was a much quicker, much quicker way that. But to me, it didn't feel that quick. I mean, in in uh, in real time probably, but relatively speaking, I bet it was. I bet it was a and lot faster. And honestly,
0: I bet it's only to our generation and previous that it is a noticeable yeah. difference, right? Like, yeah, yeah. From, from you guys on, it's been this way. That's
1: where the, like, just a few years difference in our age, I think, does make a big difference. I think you're right. Yeah.
2: Yeah. that that, that That's why I really wanted to, to talk to you about all this stuff, because it's, it was something, I mean, I, we've been we've been friends for 10 plus years, but I remember one of the first times that I met you, I was like, you're not, we're almost the same age, but there's almost a generation gap here Mm -hmm. because you know the first time i logged on to wikipedia i was a junior in college Mm. yeah you know and you were in high school i remember
0: the time when college professors would discourage you from using wikipedia because it was not a creditable source it Mm -hmm. was not a Mm -hmm. yeah couldn't cite it
2: and i remember looking up physics i remember going on a rabbit hole of like physics research topics and ended up on like the whole like subluminal light business and all that sort of stuff and superluminal light that's Yo. we're not talking sounds about like a that. sick band name yeah yeah right uh, like like an infirmed band <laughs> name yeah not not like <sighs> you can have light that travels faster than the speed of light um but it's in this really kind of weird way that i'm not this i'm not i'm not really gonna talk about it right now <laughs> so it has to do like like a photon never moves faster than the speed of light right but since light travels at a wave, we all know that sometimes sometimes the way the wave interacts mm-hmm. can sort of like the wave as a group you know like the group velocity of it can be faster or slower than the speed of light it's real wacky uh the wave group so you're yeah. saying
1: God does exist.
2: I think hey, take that, <laughs> atheists. <laughs> and he's got a sick disco ball. <laughs> um but 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 really like that I feel like that just the access to the internet, the access to the information. I mean, even like like we we traded cassettes. Like I remember making Slayer cassettes for mm. people or wow. like Pantera compilations or Machine Head or whatever. Um, or taping things off the radio and distributing those to people. Yeah. And I mean, I
0: th- depending on the car you drove, you maybe only had a cassette player for a very long time because, like, when God Hates Us All came out, I think I mentioned this on one of these past episodes, when God Hates Us All came out, it was 2001, and the way I first heard a lot of those songs was I recorded an interview show with them called Rockline. Yeah. Uh, that Slayer was on for this album uh, on a cassette. Wow. And listen to it in my mom's car that i drove to college classes back and forth in 2001 i was still cassettes were still a thing absolutely that's oh, so yeah. right and to us you know poor weirdos on the middle of nowhere
2: and like i like the lore that i've heard from you is that there was there was this dude that gave y'all like an mp3 cd yeah that yeah they had this horde but it yeah. had
0: like three thousand songs it was it. like a
2: rosetta stone moment
1: for oh, us oh yeah, yeah it was yeah. like the Ark of the covenant like yeah, everything unlocked
0: because if it was if it was wave files, it could only hold like you know an hour's worth. But if yeah. it was MP3s, it could hold wave yeah, more. it had like
1: 150, 200 songs on it, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And and yeah, we, okay. we, I mean, that had everything from I mean, I don't, I don't remember, I know there was a few things that stood out to me. God dethroned was one, yeah, and I was like, damn, this is, <laughs> damn. what is this? Um, damn. So, so I was already hungry for extreme metal at that point, and I was already into slipknot by that point, so I was right. already like, I'd already reached what I had considered the peak at that point you know right and, and like i was i didn't think you could go higher you know and again i, I had this very linear view of metal right at the right, point, right, right. At, the point <laughs> at, at that point so like uh, god dethroned was on there i'm pretty sure nile was on there um i'm pretty sure my was on there but yeah it was like a friend a friend's brother who was older than us like burned it for another guy and he made copies
2: of it and he was like just check the, check this out doing the lord's work yeah and <clears throat> And so, what do you so? What do you think? What do you think it was? A was about, you know, a Nile or a God throne that tracked as so much more extreme to you, as compared to uh, Slipknot, Iowa, yeah, or something like that.
1: I was going to ask you earlier when you said when you gave the quadrant um, analogy, mm-hmm. what what is the essence of, and and how do we like actually like like take the constituent parts that make up the thing that you're calling the quadrant. What is it specifically that's happening in the music that you think differentiates the quadrants? Uh, and is it lyrics or is it music? Is it probably both? You know what I mean? I feel like it's
0: more than that.
2: Yeah. I, I think that, you know, I haven't like rigorously thought this out, but I think that it has to do mostly with, it's sort of an intangible presentation and it has to do with the, it, a lot of it has to do with the lyrics and it has you know, so to me, like you take Nile, right? And Nile has like more intensity, but it's to me, Nile is still very much Metallica. Interesting. Because Interesting. because it's stoic and yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's in that quadrant. It's at a distance. It's maybe further to the corner. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but sort of in in the way it presents and in the, you know, the lyrical content, like Mm-hmm. Niall's not up there like talking about you know not not they're not up there talking about like being molested by someone they're not up there talking about like having they're literally a psychotic talking
1: about egyptian mythology <laughs> how could you get more detached from the subject matter it happened right i mean forty thousand years ago <laughs> <laughs> right <laughs> and all, obviously a lot of it didn't happen because it's a myth and so don't don't carl if you're listening he didn't say that <laughs> um And but but that what you described, I think, is a far more nuanced take on um, the like, you know, you you have a quadrant based approach. I had probably a more of a continuum or 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 whatever at the time.
2: Well, and I I think I think I think really it has to do with how much I emphasize lyrics and the Mm -hmm. intensity because Nile, while oh, that's very musically intense. Now, I love fucking Nile, like, I'm like, I was like top three percent in their listeners last year or whatever. Okay um but at the time they didn't make me feel what Slipknot made me feel right you know because there wasn't the same intensity in the lyrics and the vocals it wasn't the same kind it wasn't personal you know mm-hmm. um so it didn't it was like well that's fast and that's hard to play right but but uh, 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 uh. so there was it didn't necessarily feel more extreme yeah i think
1: for me it was that the very superficial elements that felt more extreme it was literally it was faster the lyrics were less discernible and they screamed more like or growled
2: right like that was pretty much it It was very simple for me the guitar was more prominent the guitar was more intricate yeah you know
0: usually yeah yeah
2: simple as that
1: heavy metal is when the guitars go burr or whatever <laughs> <laughs> you
2: were going to say something
0: i, I was th- i was trying to workshop how to how to draw some weird uh middle ground between the the two approaches there because i feel like i i understand both both methodologies mm-hmm. uh i i feel like i identify immediately more with the linear methodology where you just find something that's more that's more than the last shit you right you right, right right but i also understand where you're coming from although i historically and uh, period just don't place nearly as much um, emphasis or, or importance in the lyrical content. I just kind of never have. Right. And that was, but, but uh, uh, this stupid intangible bullshit called vibe or whatever you want to call it. The, 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 the feeling, the atmosphere that a that a piece of music can produce is huge for me. Like that's Mm. probably, you know, a plus number one aspect of all of this for me. And that, the lyrics have a part in that. Mm. Um, So you can't, I can't discount them, but I don't also pay too much attention to them. Um, But I also feel like my journey was probably, mm, I don't want to say that either. I don't know. It's weird. Yeah. But I I understand both both approaches.
2: Because it's interesting because he, you know, like Robert, I I had, we did a, a few episodes back. We did like, you know, we did like four parts where he exposed me to all this video game music that Mm -hmm. that that was really important to him and in there i mixed in two episodes of exposing him to like my early journey through like death metal yeah elements like as i was gradually explode explored (laughs) exploded Exploded. exposed to more and more extreme you know like pieces of the death metal language Mm -hmm. you know sometimes without realizing that that's what it was Mm -hmm. and you know you, you never really vibed with a lot of that stuff. It's certainly not when we were growing up. It still kind of like confuses me that we were in such an intense metal band for so long because it's so like I get why Jeremy was into it, but you were it was always like so contradictory to your personality. And I feel like that could be saved. The same could be said as you, you know, mm-hmm. like you're very like I mean, y'all are in overlapping fields, you know, even right now. Like y'all have sort of a
0: similar. There are a lot of metalheads in tech
2: yeah but i don't know that i've seen a lot of them fucking destroy a stage the way that i've seen the two of y'all do it though (laughs) um there's a difference between being a fan of the genre and being able to go and like do on stage what i've seen both of y'all do so don't sell yourself short um i'll take that but yeah i don't know i just I, i think that that's that's just kind of interesting like it's like what I wonder what it is that 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 still nestled did that, that y'all still felt comfortable playing such extreme music. You know, or that you you felt very drawn to it and it kept ratcheting it up, you know.
0: I mean, and I don't know like for for me it's always been there's a very clear delineation between what I like to listen to for enjoyment and what I like to play. Huh. There's always been a very a very those were two different things. Huh and they kind of always have been. A lot of what I listen to I end up wanting to play so there's an overlap there obviously. Yeah. But as we'll get to later in this talk, I learned Revolution is My Name when it came out in Guitar World. Yeah. And that song's fun as hell to play still right. is. I learned every every fucking note of I couldn't play the solo up to speed or anything, or the solo was up to speed, but I learned the whole thing and loved it. And that was very fun to play. Don't like to listen to it though. <laughs> a, a bit of a a bit of a tame example, I know, because it's 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 this album. But there's more extreme shit that I've listened to that I have. Uh. Uh. Not necessarily. Like I guess I didn't really want to play too much of that, but there are more extreme things that we wrote that I enjoyed playing versus what i enjoy right
2: right because Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i guess is what i'm getting at right because it was never like you know like the extreme vocals or the you know the oh we're gonna we're gonna just go 90 miles an hour and turn this down that was never your vibe you know yeah and so i don't know so all right i got one more question sort of related to this sort of journey into extreme stuff so did you ever find anything that you're like that's too far I mean, yeah, obviously at certain points,
1: but I always overcame that, you know? I mean, <laughs> where did you stop? Like, where did you go? Like,
2: you know what? That's far enough. That's as far as I need to go.
1: I mean, on the linear scale, uh, that and to be clear, the linear scale was a, um, at the time is how I looked at things. But I don't obviously look at things like that anymore. But I think that if you do apply the linear of like the most extreme... I mean, I guess eventually you would end up at like anal cunt or something like okay, that. Okay, yeah, you sure, know what I mean. And sure. you're like, okay, well, this just sounds stupid, Ooh. and it's not even fun, you know. And I right. like I like grindcore actually, but um, but like anal cunt, like they're obviously joking as well, and it's actually kind of fun because it's silly. But I mean, I guess if, if you again if you take it to its logical conclusion, you eventually arrive at anal cunt, and it's just like ah, that's it, you know. It's <laughs> the song's over, you know.
0: Yeah, 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 <laughs> <You> know,
2: like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh <laughs> and so, well, then I guess you just go to the next thing and you're like, all right, well, we need 20 minute songs. Um, well, and I guess like, like, that's the thing about extreme, right? Is that extreme is always reacting to itself in a way. So right. if it's like, oh, well, I'm going to do the lowest vocals. Well, I'm going to do the highest vocals. Well, right. I'm going to do the fastest. Well, I'm going to do the slowest. So, well, yeah. I'm going to do the longest. I'm going to do the shortest. I'm going to do the, you know, I, I feel like, have you guys, um, not to
1: go too off topic, but um, please. It's not off topic because it's metal, but like <laughs> speaking of like upping the ante from an extreme perspective, um, I feel like that band, have you guys heard Lorna Shore? Yeah. I feel like that's their entire point of existing is just to show that not only can we have the fastest blast beat, but we can have the slowest breakdown and. We can have the highest scream and the lowest guttural growl. And like, it's like, they're just like trying to do it all. That, yeah. I, so I feel like that's what, that was the logical conclusion. If, if, if you had told me like back in my like linear metal progression days of extreme music, like right. that Lorna Shore existed, I'd be like, oh, that's, that's the
2: culmination. That's where you stopped. Yeah. 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 That's, that's funny. But, but, because there's also, I mean, that's kind of like a lot of what just sort of modern death core is in general anyway. True, I feel true. Like I don't feel like Lorna is unique in that. But
1: they also make it symphonic. Like I just they're just doing too much. They're doing it all. They're trying to do like cram every possible extreme element in and do it the most fast slash slow slash symphonic. You know there's always a yes and to it. Yes,
0: exactly. Exactly. Jeez.
2: Oh man. I I like a few of their songs. No, I don't
1: I see here's the thing is like I don't dislike it. It it's like it's like candy. You just can't. <laughs> it's not sustaining, you know. But it's like, okay, this is kind of cool. I, I like this candy. It's pretty good. Yeah,
2: I like yeah, that yeah, analogy. yeah. Did you fuck with like Slaughter to Prevail or like any of that stuff?
1: Um, no, I mean not much. I definitely there was like definitely some deathcore overlap um, back in the metalcore days that I was kind of kind of into for a while. Like I remember thinking that like. Through the Eyes of the Dead was pretty cool. Oh, yeah. Um, if you remember them because they had like one breakdown with a really fast. It was just, again, I was still on my linear thing. I was like, wow, that breakdown is crazy. You know, it right. was a really fast thing and they were kind of death metal but like not, you know,
2: only superficially. We saw them live. Did we? We did the Unholy Alliance tour. Well, there you go. Oh, wow. I'm pretty sure. That was Astro? I might enough. be mixing some bands up.
1: Um, Unholy Well, all of the bands back then all sounded the same and also all had the same names. It was like... <laughs> the death the deathly dying blood deaths of the underground eyes of the dawn or whatever they're all of the all of the bands were just those
2: eight words rearranged right 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 right, including as eden
3: burns burns (laughs) burns
2: (laughs) (laughs) so so that's sort of like that sort of brings up the last thing i really wanted to mention before we start talking about stuff so you were in so you know we have the man himself Right, a guitarist of Burns. So, who the only person that I know who's turned down a record deal from Nuclear Blast?
0: <laughs> Damn.
2: So, our we have I'm, I'm not lying. Our <laughs> this fa- isn't bullshit.
1: <laughs> we had we had as we our fans were like never nudes. There were literally dozens of them. <laughs>
2: <laughs> that's not true they still show up
1: i still i still i I, st- I still see it pop up And like occasionally if you dig really deep into some random subreddit they'll be like have you guys ever heard
2: of, of as eaten burns and there's like two likes that's not what happens that's not what happens someone someone just throws this song up and then there's like you know like 30 dozens i guess people that are like this fucking rips i feel like these guys are amazing ahead of their time blah. blah, 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 blah. so but the point is, is that you're like a king shit metal guitarist. You made a really really great record, and you should be proud of it because I think it's fucking awesome. <laughs> um, thank you. And uh, yeah, I don't know, man. I just like I just didn't what feel like the no, just <laughs> I just didn't feel like I just could praise, like hey, ha- I don't feel like I'd have Harrison on here to talk about as he to talk about like metal and not mention that like oh yeah, you were in a band that was like signed to a fucking hot shit fucking metal label and yeah. you know and you toured and you did all the stuff that all of us who didn't know you but we knew Trey and we were jealous mm. and we talked shit about you without ever having met you or knowing you. Um we were assholes. So um I do remember Yeah, yeah, that's that's like the weird connect. Like Trey sang in As Eden Burns. And so That's like the you know, and we went to school with Trey. Yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, So, love that dude. Small world, small world. Yeah, Yeah. I do remember. I do remember that was like the first time that we like, like the first time that we hung out was at an Opus show. The first time that you and I met, and and we just was like, wait, you know Trey? I know Trey. You know Trey? (laughs) And that was and that was like the starting point of the conversation. But yeah, I remember. But anyway, like. So how I I this is just of my own curiosity. So like, like y'all y'all did a few tours, right? Yeah, we did a, a we did a handful, like maybe like four or five,
1: if you count like a couple of Texas ones, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but um, we we did like I would say like four legit ones where we actually like went traversed to the country, you know. Um, but and like, then we like did how
0: many shows roughly?
1: Um, we like, we did probably three that were at least a week or two weeks nothing crazy right i mean but no no no, longer sorry we did like a month i think on we did a month um where we with we were with the funeral pyre from uh like east la um and we did like two weeks with them and then we did two weeks with um cerberus which was from like northern california so that was like a full month uh straight you know without coming back and that was mostly west coast and then we did another one um, that was like around the East Coast, basically or like basically the entire eastern half of the U.S. And it started in like uh, Asheville, North Carolina, and then came back south down um, towards uh, Baton Rouge, and then went back up north, and we finished in New York. And that I one sh- was that one was about three or four weeks as well. And then I want to say we did another week or two stint in there, and then we did several like um, like Texas tours where we would do like hit up houston dallas austin san antonio maybe go down to brownsville or mcallen we did laredo once and we did el paso like we did some things like that occasionally cool but i would say like two or three legitimate ones where we were gone for several weeks without coming home you know and then like a couple of little ones as well but awesome yeah good Good times i'm jelly yeah totally i'm totally jelly yeah so. i would love
0: to have done that at some point
1: yeah man yeah, yeah, yeah. it was fun man it was i mean it was definitely some of the most fun times of my life, for sure. And I don't say that in like a, man, if I could just go back. Like, I appreciate it for what it was. You know, it was, it was awesome. It was right. really fun.
0: Like, <laughs> even the shit we did, I feel the exact same way. Where it was like, it I just... would never do that again. But, boy, <laughs> I loved doing that. Right,
2: right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah was... like, I
1: don't know if I would sleep on a random dude from Laredo's mom's ceramic tile floor in her <laughs> kitchen in my sleeping bag again. But it was fun, you know, <laughs> looking back.
0: I can see how that would be fun. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. he sold drugs. I, yeah, I can
2: see how that would be fun. Yeah, <laughs> that that is a bummer. Always when you're like hanging out with someone and the drug dealer shows up, and yeah. the drug dealer hangs out for a really long time. Yeah, um, <laughs> good times. Um, but yeah, that was something that I was—I always sort of really, I don't know—that I thought was—it was perplexing at first, but eventually I thought I—I it was something I always really respected you for was that you know you were like yeah I did that and I got enough of a taste of it that it was like I understand what it is and and I'm good so to be clear I would have kept
1: doing it if I could have financially sustained it or if it would have made out like in my mind that was going to be my path Mm. for a while I was like yeah I'm just going to play music you know what what moment
2: what moment were you like oh
1: this is over yeah um I don't I don't think it was like a an immediate thing I think it was like a slow death type of thing um but I think there was, de- I mean, there was definitely a moment when I, you know, I was—I started college and we got a tour offer and uh, I told my parents, I'm like, I'm going to skip this semester because I'm going to go on tour with my band. And my dad is a musician and he's like struggled his whole life, you know, like financially and, and everything was trying to be a professional musician. And my mom um, obviously like was exposed to that as well. So I think when I, when I told them both, they were like, like... Both of them, respectively, separately, were like, "Oh, but you're gonna go back and you know get." It. I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, of course, of course." But in my mind, I was like, "Well, if this takes off, man, I don't know. <laughs> U of H, they might not get me back. You know, they may not, they right. may not get me back." Right. So I remember that moment. Um, but I don't know that there was a moment when I like hung up my metal cleats or, or whatever you do. You know, I, I don't <laughs> like, yeah. them, and then never picked them up again. Like, I, you know. Because well, I still played music uh, for, for for years. Right. You never stopped. Like, I've played music for a long time with right. other bands just, like, for fun around town. I even did a tour, like, with Cavernous once, like, which was, like, totally not a signed band. We just fucking said, let's just go on a tour. That was, that was fun. We went out to the West Coast and came back, so.
2: Yeah, yeah. Let's, yeah, let's not forget Cavernous. Like, another, you know, like, seriously incredible band <laughs> that you were a part of. Um, like, I remember there was, like, a, when I was teaching high school, it was, like, it was like, you know, like one of my students was like, "Wait a minute, you know the guys in Cavernous?" <laughs> like I was able to have like street cred with my students because I knew you. I was like, "Yeah, dude, I had Thanksgiving with that guy." <laughs> no, like, oh my god, um, mm-hmm. good. So, so yeah, 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 yeah. But I, it's like I guess I don't know. I just and I, I always sort of you always seemed you you I don't know what am I trying to say. You never seemed like you bought the dream. <laughs> Like, full hook, line, and singer, you always seem like you had a very sort of measured and healthy sort of distance and approach to it. And you're like, yeah, this is fun. I'll do this. This makes sense for me to do right now. Oh, I... this doesn't make sense right now. I'm going to stop.
0: Because it sounds like you really enjoyed it and you loved it and you wanted to pursue it. But yeah. When it be when it came time to choose and make the rational choice, you were able to do that.
1: Yeah, it wasn't like a gut-wrenching, like, a crisis for me necessarily, you know. Mm-hmm. It also wasn't like an overnight thing. But, yeah, I mean, yeah. Uh, but I do remember, uh, this is funny, like kind of embarrassing. I remember one time, um, because my band as Eden Burns used to get compared to the Black Dolly Murder a lot, and they're way better than us, by the way, but that they would, people would just compare (laughs) us to them a lot. Um, and I remember hearing like, I don't know, like, uh, just offhand someone said, oh yeah, those guys, they make like 35k a year in just doing the Black Dolly Murder. And I was like, it is possible. I can live off of that right, for the right. rest of my life. Right. That's so much money.
0: Because at a certain point, you're like, I've never seen that much money yeah, at once. Yeah. yeah, yeah totally. right, I don't. Right. By the way, I
1: don't think that number was accurate. Probably, but yeah, it was right. in my mind but, as like it was a thing. Because because it all felt very mysterious. How do these people yeah. sustain themselves? Yeah, yeah, Are they yeah. all trust fund kids? Because I certainly was not. And I was like, I actually need to make money if I'm going to do this. Like I have right. to. Serve, I have to eat food. You know.
2: Right. Right. Yeah. That that's the thing I, I riff on about. I, I I riff about a lot on whoa my prepositions are fucked. Uh, let me push this away a little bit. That's the thing I often riff about. <laughs> um, is that when I was growing up, if you were gonna make money playing mu- music, you either had to, or make money doing music, you either had to be a band director or a rock star. Like you either you were either gonna teach teach the kids trumpet at the junior high, or you were gonna be Bruce Springsteen. Like there was no in between, because that was the musicians, that was the music people that my parents knew of, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and so the idea that there was any way to sustain yourself doing anything related to music that <laughs> somewhere in between those, like you either had to be on magazines and like in magazines of some type, or you were gonna be like you know telling people not to like like. Or you had your own
1: studio in your backyard, or like
2: no PDA on the buses. You know, like you, <laughs> right. were, it was either going to be one of
0: those two like things, like the shit that we knew, basically.
2: Right, 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 yeah. right. And and so, you know, that I don't know, like that's something I think about, or that like I've thought about often in the sense because that like greatly colored my experience and my approach. It was like all right. like like what everyone told me was. Okay, you can do music if you want, but you need to get a degree first Yeah, to fall back on. Right. That's what I was always told, you know? And then whenever I like, got my degrees, it's like, I want to do music. And they're like, well, <laughs> not in my not, house. Not like that. <laughs> um, and uh, so, yeah, I don't know. Like, I, I, not, like, not understanding that they're not having, but, but like, okay, what made me think of that was that you said it was like this unknown thing. And like, there's no understanding of how you, okay, yeah, we know how you make, there's people out there that make millions of dollars playing music, but we don't know about anyone who like... The, the in-betweens there. Yeah. The yeah. Anyone... Like, I, 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 it
1: was interesting that our mutual friend, Clay, I feel like I'm monopolizing the conversation a little bit, but just... Yeah. It's
2: because I'm looking at you, asking you <laughs> yeah. questions about it's your life. Because
1: I'm, I'm the new guy. <laughs> Tell but, us your secrets. But, but our mutual friend, Clay, pointed out something that I never thought of before um, mm-hmm. about when we went on tour, which was that it was a self-sustaining uh entity which is something that an author that we like talks about daniel quinn Mm -hmm. of like different ways of life and ways of working that don't require you to like kind of just you know be a cog in the machine of yeah capitalist civilization or whatever and and so it was a thing where like yeah are, are we we weren't like we weren't taking loans out to go on tour for a month. We weren't borrowing money from our parents. Right. It was self sustaining. We made exactly enough money, right. no more, and no less. Right. You we made able exactly to put, enough money
0: to put gas in the van. Right. You weren't able to put away for a college fund for your exactly, kid in future. Right. But you were able to do what you were doing. So if we them. kept yeah.
1: driving that van forever, then we'd be good. Right, right. <laughs> a, you know, <laughs> like no one ever wanted anything else besides. Exactly. That, you'd be okay. Exactly. Right. Right. Yeah. But yeah, there was a mystery behind like how did this how does this sustain itself? How do you survive? survive doing this. Yeah. And I think it was either in my mind I as someone who was exposed to other touring bands like in reality right. I was like okay well that guy lives with his mom and whenever he's not on tour he sleeps on her couch this guy is a trust fund guy like and I started to yeah. demystify it a bit and I was like oh right. okay well Interesting. I don't necessarily want that you know <laughs> you know
2: man or I'm, or I'm not that. Yeah. Yeah, 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 exactly, right. Dude, that is that's the dirty secret right there. Yeah. That really is because the more You know, like I was hanging out with some, you know, somebody and, you know, like I'm listening to, you know, like band famous, famous, well-known Grammy winning band X. And they're like, oh, yeah, I went to I went to school with that guy. His his dad started a management company for that band. (laughs) Hmm. And it's like, oh, (laughs) because you want to think that it's oh, it's just hard
1: work and talent. right? Right. It's like, no, it's. Like in, in my all of my the bands that I like knew I don't think a single one of those people that were in the bands like had their own apartment and paid for all their own shit um, when they weren't on tour. Right. They all had some situation, right. that they were dealing with in between tours. Right. And it was like, oh, okay, I see, I see where this is. I guess I could live with my mom, you know.
0: <laughs> right. Yeah. On, like on the one hand, I don't, I don't think I ever, mm, I would never have expected it to be super glamorous. Or, sure. or or anything like that. And I, if I had, I think if we had wanted to make it work as bad as we could have, there would have been ways to, like, make those sacrifices and, and like, live with my mom until I'm, like, 35 or something.
2: Right. I mean, we, we, the three of us, like, lived together in my apartment for a summer while we were writing. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. we, we would have found a way to do it.
1: And by the way, the whole time I was touring, lived with my mom. so yeah yeah (laughs) Yeah.
0: so i i i'm not surprised Mm -hmm. at that i guess is what i'm saying right 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 and i for what it's worth i'm not
2: talking about like you know opening metal bands (laughs) i'm talking about like and it's and it's like because it you eat in terms of if you're if you're gonna go out and you're gonna make a living doing music you either have to be doing something that there's a high demand for or you have to be able to sustain yourself long enough to create to find your audience and kind of create that demand, mm-hmm. and so yeah. you, can, you know you can only do that with capital of some type, and so you know and that's like the dirty secret.
1: And this is where we start talking about communism. You ready,
2: comrades? Yet, <laughs> yet. <Yeah. laughs> um, <laughs> I have the proof. Not right now. I have, I, ha- I have the proof that that's how the music business works. Uh, you could even say.
0: I have the 101. Look at that transition. Truth. What a segue. Are we starting with that? Wait, no, wait a minute. This is my question for this episode. Okay. How do we want this to go? Do we want to start What do we want to start talking about? Because there's a way that you might There's there's a trajectory that this episode is going to take. And my my question is how do you want this to end? <laughs> and this is what i thought about today and so before we start talking about this album how do you want this to end (laughs) you know what man i make i make a lot of decisions
2: robert so i'm gonna let you make this decision i i i don't what are the options well, we talk about we talk about 101 proof first, or we talk
0: about reinventing. Oh, the steel. I understand.
1: I understand. I interestingly enough, I think I have the exact opposite oh, point no. of view on, on these albums. Okay,
0: all right. Well, oh, okay. Uh, mm. That so that so, puts a wrinkle in things. Yeah, I uh,
2: I, I feel like uh that yeah, okay know.
0: maybe the question is less important at this now.
2: Then maybe we we de- we default to
1: chronology then. Okay. I think okay. chronology is say, a safe and objective bet.
0: Okay,
2: that's that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> All right. Okay. All right. So one oh one proof, it is. Now before we get into this, I have something to show you. I meant to. I'm. I meant to show you this, last last week or two weeks ago when we did train kill and Firebender, but I couldn't find it. I found it.
0: It has been found.
2: So this is a uh, binder that I cut out, like, all of the Pantera articles from all the magazines I had circa, like, 1996 to, uh, like,
0: 1998. Storied uh, Pantera member Kurt Cobain. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Well, you <laughs> know... His lower half. On <laughs> his, his lower third, I guess. So
2: I, I, I wanted to... I wanted to show you that. Okay.
0: Okay. Oh, my God, look how... Look how young they look. <laughs> the kids. Um... Hey, the spo- I'm gonna read the sponge article if you don't mind. Right, yeah, because the hit this parader. This is about waxostatic. So,
2: is this a thing that y'all did? Did y'all did y'all like have a bunch of issues of hit parader and shit laying around that y'all you cutting the posters up on your walls when, and shit? When,
1: when you when you initially said that one of your um, like sources for music was was zines and stuff like that, I was trying to remember if that was something that I did or got into. I'm sure it was an it, escape. It, walk away. <laughs> every other page he turns to. Oh God. Wait, was this like Kurt right Cop- after
2: he died or something? Or? No, I don't well, think so. right I, well, before. I mean like '96. That's like two years. Two after years, he died.
1: yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, he lived in everyone's mind rent-free, I guess. The I don't I don't know that like I got a lot of a lot of information and and stuff from magazines. I'm sure I did. I'm sure I did, but I don't think it was as much. Is that the like CD clearinghouse where you get like 48 CDs? No, where, no, that's a This is where
0: you order t-shirts. Oh, uh, the t-shirts. Mail order yes. t-shirts.
1: I okay, so I do remember I do remember like salivating over t-shirts in a magazine. So yeah. I'm sure, I'm sure we would read magazines. I just, man, it's been a while.
2: <laughs> yeah. So I I at some point I, I found this like literally right before y'all got here. Um, because I remembered what box it was in. But at some point I'm gonna like dig through it because I think it's really it's gonna be really interesting to sort of unpack how the press was talking about pantera at the time hmm. and how much that instilled so many bad habits in me about how i played the drums um and things like that because oh like did you
1: super glue quarters onto your beaters or whatever
2: not so much that <laughs> but just i think i just hit too fucking hard hmm. and i think it was just you know what i mean because you couldn't like everything that i learned about how to play the drums came from like a, a you know like 2 seconds in a music video right right you know what yeah, i mean i right. was i you know and all the this drums sort of weren't stuff. even mic'd. <laughs> well right yeah. yeah it was all it was all about that visual yeah. presentation it wasn't about like well how the fuck is like vinny actually playing performative
1: you know? as the kids say <laughs>
2: yeah um, but yeah so i think i think we start with 101 proof so Dude, what there's First question I have, I'm sorry. What the fuck is it called? Is it called <laughs>
1: 101 Proof? Is it called Official Live? Is it called Official Live 101 official Proof? Official Live 101 Proof. Official Live 101 Proof. Is 101 there a proof. colon in there? I is there, there is. I think, I think there is, yeah. Official, oh, it. Official Live colon 101 Proof. Okay, yeah, guys, let's talk so. about Official Live colon 101 Proof now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Take, yeah.
0: Take, this is a fucking treasure trove. <laughs> it's uh, something, right? I, I could spend a long time it's with that. It's a time capsule. There's a lot I'm going on there. Yeah, I'm, I'm impressed. I'm way wanna, into that. you want to peruse through it, it my fuck so, you up So a you,
1: you manually compiled this back in the day? Yeah. For Pantera. You are like, I love Pantera. Let me go ahead and consolidate all the articles. Yeah, yeah. That's amazing. Because that, That's I, amazing. And I
2: somehow held Richard, on to I it. I love
1: you so much, but this just makes me love you even more. How, <laughs> I love this.
2: When I somehow held on to it for 25 years yep. is the crazier part of it. Like, in the binder that I assembled it in.
0: Like, I have some guitar worlds from back then somewhere, I think, but like... This is another level.
2: <laughs> a Would new, you say a new it's level, a new
0: level? Of, of confidence for sure? <laughs> Power questionable.
2: <laughs> All right, man. So so let's fucking get into this shit. So let's this get is, into the shit. So this is kind of it's kind of weird, right? So the the previous sort of litmus that we were doing was you know um, like you know three essential one to trash and it's kind of tricky to do with a live album you'd think that wouldn't you
0: <laughs> cuz they're only choosing the bangers right th- um no honestly this was this was uh gut-wrenching
1: to to pick the, to, to pick the hard one I'll, or to, to pick the good ones
0: I'll, we'll let's hmm. so it was extremely easy for 2 out of 3 of these let's say Sure. Yeah. Um, I just I just
1: want to read this quote off of this Pantera article.
0: Yeah, yeah. One thing I would say is you don't need to take dope, man. (laughs) Okay. Now, (laughs) contradictory uh, point of view coming up very very soon. (laughs) Smoke dope. Smoke dope. Smoke (laughs) Smoke fucking dope. All right. My Uh,
1: favorite track is the one where Phil Anselmo just talks about smoking dope
0: which one is that that's a few of them i think that's that's more than one
2: so okay um so what's what's one of your essential tracks on this robert uh okay
0: well so this love all right for for what reasons which was the tough choice that this was the this was where i didn't have a great choice because how many songs are on here it's so many 16 so the first 14 tracks i couldn't choose between them let's say yeah sure okay uh, it's it's just a great performance of that track. Yeah. They do so many great things. Uh, it's the one where Phil says on the red beard. Yeah. On the, on the lead guitar. Son, son of a this bitch, bag. Bag. Yeah. yeah.
2: I wrote that shit down too.
0: <laughs> so that's fucking great. Um, but I've got notes on a lot of other songs that I just stupid little things I want to pick out. Yeah. So th- that's the first one I picked for that.
2: Yeah, man. I I think that um I one of mine for this was I'm I'm broken because just I made notes about this one. It just like, (laughs) I'm having a good time like that. That just captures the thing for me that that is just that. Oh, man, it's real. And then also because to me, there's a few essential things about the Pantera live experience. And one of them is like one of them is, you know, like it or not. It's the crazy shit that Phil says, which is (laughs) hit or miss. but when it's hit, man, when it hits, it fucking hits, and um, yep. we have totally for for just for your info, Harrison, we we spent thirty minutes in the first episode unpacking all of Phil's racist bullshit. Mm. At least, mm. so we 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 don't need to do it now. Thank you for your service. So, it's, it's there. We, yeah. we we did it. We did it. Um, and so dealt with it. Um. So we're not glossing over that, but, but, but that's one of the essential aspects of it. So if there's like, if there was like good banter, I was willing to be like, this is my favorite track. Um, just mm, because there's like yeah. a funny speech because it's, cause I saw Pantera live like four fucking times. And so yeah. it's like, that's part of the experience. Were you
1: like transported when you listened to this, like to the live events that you were at? You
2: know, I wish I could say that I was, <laughs> I feel like what I am transported to is I'm, I'm, I'm taken somewhere. Like the thing that I wrote down about this, like my general impression of the record is I can metabolize this record. Hmm. Like I can skip meals. Just let me listen to this. (laughs) Like I can, my body can, can, my cells can convert this, the sonic
0: energy of this record into energy. (laughs) So uh, Um, do you, do you have like an overall impression of this record prepared? I I do. I do. Okay.
1: Um, it's I, not as good as the albums. Uh, I, I, It's not Pantera's fault. I just don't really understand live metal albums. Ha! Fair point. Honestly. <laughs> I, they don't resonate with me. I love live metal music. Right. But listening to it to me is like a very, very like, paper-thin facsimile of, of the real thing. It, to, hmm. to me, it's like I, I can tell that it was an amazing show. Uh-huh, but like I wasn't there, <laughs> you know, like right i I'm not getting eighty percent in my opinion of the experience of being at a Pantera show hmm. right All I hear is like in my mind is like a version of I'm Broken that just sounds like the album because they're so fucking tight, but a little bit sloppier yeah. with a bunch of crowd noise in the background.
0: That's what I hear, okay mm. mm. you' you're not wrong. I can't say that you're wrong, right uh. I will give my... I
2: will say that you are also wrong.
3: (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm
1: like open to be proven wrong on this 100%. And I feel like I'm absolutely in the minority on this, by the way. Because I remember even when I liked Pantera and my friends who liked Pantera were all like fucking lost their shit over this CD. And I just could never get... Like I would listen to it and be like, I mean, it sounds pretty good, but I'd rather just listen to the real thing.
0: Well, so what I mean by you're not wrong is like that is objectively what this is. Right. That is what we have here. Yeah, 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 yeah. Just, like, exhibit A, is that what he fucking described? However, my, my overall thought on this album is if I had to choose one Pantera album forever, it's this one. Yeah. Because, precisely because of, well, partially precisely because of the fact that these songs are so close to the album versions. However, mm. additionally, what I realized coming back to this, it's been a long time since I sat and listened to this album. Mm. But what I realized especially over listening to the last four studio albums over the past couple of shows is that all of the little um, the little foibles and like eccentricities that happen mm. in these songs live the little buzz and the little and the little drum things sound changing yes all that <laughs> all shit bad. i i now that's canonical in my head yeah. uh, for these okay. songs. Okay. Right. So whenever I hear the album versions, it sounds weird to me mm-hmm. that those things aren't there. Uh, so mm. these, th- this has like supplanted the original for me now, uh, on some level. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm fine with that because they sound so fucking good. on Yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I,
2: I I kind of agree with that too because I think that so much of my now, did you ever see Pantera live? No. And
1: that's that's why that's exactly why I asked you, right? When you listen, have, and I assume you've seen them live a couple times, yeah. Okay. Uh, first of all, I'm jealous as fuck. I, I'm. <laughs> you I'm, should be. I feel like a, I feel like a poser, <laughs> but this is where like the three or four years difference makes a it, huge difference, right? Sure. Because by the time I got into them, they were on their way out, and I, if I mean, not I, already out. I don't know. I, I, I don't didn't even see even them
0: remember. until two thousand when Reinventing the Steel came out. There you go. There you right, go, so, and yeah.
2: I, I saw them in ninety six, in ninety seven, in ninety nine, and then in uh, two thousand one. Yeah, yeah that's quick. insane. So so so
1: that's why I asked you is, like, does this transport you? Because you can probably much easier put yourself there almost to an extent. I think so. And, like, Mm -hmm. really catch a vibe, as the kids say.
2: Um, Right, right, Yeah. I I don't think that it necessarily – like, when I listen to this, I don't think of the Pantera concerts that I was at. Sure. But when I hear this, I know that that's how a fucking Pantera concert sounds. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so – and I know that – Like, yeah. And then, and then the other thing too, is like, I know the part that like one of my favorite parts of the record is the rant that he does before suicide note part two, (laughs) because, because, you know, that's like the, um, which one is that? Like, uh, that's the one where he just, he's just saying, like, posers or something. Where he, he kind of goes Probably. off a little bit, you know, because he's like, So obviously, something's wanting to hear something these fucking experts are telling you. Oh, yeah, you ain't oh, the, experts, I, the experts. I wrote that down. So that's. <laughs> and, it's, and it's amazing because he does that and the crowd doesn't so, respond at all. So,
0: so the line verbatim is, And obviously, someone's wanting to hear something that fucking these experts are telling you you ain't supposed to be hearing. <laughs> And no one responds. And he's like, all right. <laughs> and then and then and then,
2: uh, and then you get the, the the image that I have in my mind is like Dimebag walking up behind him. Cause this is what would happen. It shows his Dimebag's like, hey. That's enough. And then and then Phil goes, What? And what? you hear him say that. What? You hear him You're go, like, What?
0: You can hear like the mic go away from his yeah. face as he says <laughs> what? it. What? What? Yeah, totally. Oh, man. Our hit? This is our hit. No, that's later. That's later. That's later. That's later. No, it's not. Is it this song? <laughs> I'm sure. Okay, well, that that's where the track splits then. Yes. Yes, that's where the... So, yeah. I have you that... Won't, yeah, you won't hear this song. So, uh, so uh, again, verbatim. Our <laughs> hit? This is our hit. This next song is our hit. You won't hear this song anywhere but in your goddamn car, at home, or on this fucking stage, and that's the way it should be. Ladies and gentlemen, Vinnie, Vinnie Paul, Paul on the, on the drums, drums please... please start that song. Well, okay, so I listened to that part like ten <laughs> times in a row, and I think he says, please, cha-cha-cha. <laughs> that's what I wrote down. I wrote sick next to it, because I don't know for sure. But... That is what I heard. That's all I can That's all I can comprehend from it.
1: Is there a video recording of this, too? No. There's not, unfortunately. For some reason, I thought, I thought there would. was. I don't
2: know well, why Well, because he, med-
0: he talks about it in the middle of fucking walk, which, which I don't like the song walk, but <laughs> oh, I... Oh, right. He says they're filming for the goddamn home we're video. We're filming for the goddamn live home video. Uh,
1: you know, he got confused. Film, record, you know, what's <laughs> the difference. <laughs>
2: My favorite part of that rant is how he's like, you know, Vince from the verse. Can't you see? Can't you see, baby? One, like, two, three. Like Vince doesn't know the fucking verse is. Oh, but that's like, but 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 that that idea, right? That like they're playing, they're playing like one of their best, best fucking songs, and Phil catches a whim and he waves
0: the band. He waves his fucking arms. Literally stops the fucking music.
2: And and they're such a tight fucking band, and like understand each other so well that they're like,
0: oh okay, all right. I mean, honestly, it's pretty amazing how they come to that stop, even because when he's when he's like getting their attention, they go dun 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 dun. That's not how that part goes. They do that to stop it. Right. You know what I mean? Right. It's mm. so weird.
1: Right. I I don't I think I must have missed this or yeah. that, that nuance.
2: Yeah, and the, and and this this record is just chuck full with all sorts of mm. things like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. See. I see.
1: I'm 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 st- I'm I'm understanding like so. T- to me, when I looked at this, I was just looking at it as a co- like you said, like uh, face value basically. I was looking at it as a collection of. It's it's almost like a stand in for their greatest hits, right? Because it, Basically, like, yeah. it's essentially like their greatest hits album.
0: It, it is, yeah. Right. Even though they did one later, but this is way I mean, yeah, fuck that album. Right. <laughs> fuck that thing. Um
1: and I was just looking at it as like, oh, this is just like their best songs through Trendkill, right? This is yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um and but it's live and you know, there's crowd noises and Phil's kind of ranting. But I'm I'm understanding now that like you guys are really it's it's the total package. It's not just the songs, right? It's the songs, of course, plus the nuances, the minor eccentricities is a good word. The the like um, interplay between the band that like obviously in the studio they're gonna sound tight because they're tight, but like even live you can really tell just how special they were, you yeah. know, as a unit so yeah. to speak. And a lot of that comes through in a way that I think is 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 unique to a live album. But still, it doesn't make me want to listen to it. But I I totally understand like and appreciate what you guys are saying. Yeah. Right, cool, right, cool, right.
2: Cool, cool. Yeah, that 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 is like an interesting <clears throat> that is like an interesting aspect about it. But that you know and like cuz all of these things they but glean the surface of what a Pantera concert was. And the then the cuz the thing, the way that a Pantera concert felt was you had the biggest metal band on the fucking planet, but you did. And I mean, and, and maybe part of that was that you didn't have the internet. So you couldn't hop on setlist.com and say like, oh, they're playing the same setlist every fucking night. So everything did have this fresh, spontaneous, like, I don't know what's going to fucking happen. And whenever they're playing I'm Broken and they end it with the outro of by Demons Be Driven, oh, it yeah. had <laughs> this feeling like, oh, they they talked about that at soundcheck. Like they've never done it before tonight because I've never heard it before tonight. Yeah, And so there was a lot of, um, you know, there was a lot of magic that Mm. that got that was got to be sold to you because you weren't able to, you know, like look up footage from the first concert, the first date of the tour and see the set list and see. You know this and da 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 So everything felt fresh. Like when you saw Pantera, you felt like they were just calling songs out.
0: I mean, in that particular moment, also, it almost feels like the band did, and Phil didn't even know it because when they when they go into a like <laughs> fucking a, like fuck it, yeah, he's like, oh shit, you guys did that? That's rad, right? <laughs> right? <laughs> I wonder, he's
1: just—he's just along for the ride. Yeah,
0: I wonder <laughs> if that was the case. They could have been. I bet you're like right. It. I bet you're right. And because it, because I will, I spe- specifically wonder that because it happens again later on in the set for a different song and he he doesn't understand it. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, and that's the thing that like like I I've taken Phil to task on the on on the racism and all that bullshit. But the thing is, is what makes him part of what makes him such a legendary frontman. Is that he was able to be this absolute stand-in for the audience mm. and speak for the audience. And so like, what are you feeling as the audience whenever they throw you this curveball and they end and they end this song with the ending of another song? Fucking A. Fucking A. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. <Yeah. laughs> Right, like the that's son fucking... of a bitch dime bag. Like, that's what you're supposed to and, and just so, like,
1: can't even believe it. Uh, yeah. And he's, incredulous. You're in the
2: band. Yeah, right. <laughs> you were probably there in rehearsal. Yeah. You just like, remember. if you weren't so fucking hopped
0: up on horse, you wouldn't you know they were doing this. Thank God you don't oh, play guitar in this oh, band. Jesus God. Okay, so before we go any further, we never got your first pick for a keeper. Interestingly enough, I
1: I don't know if I'm trying to be like provocative or whatever, but I actually thought Suicide Note Part 2 was probably one of my favorites on the album. It's so fucking intense. It is. And I think when you consider the rant that leads into it, it's just, I was like, who's, what experts? Like, I, (laughs) I I was like, I was thinking like, (laughs) I was like, oh, there must've been some context in the time period that I wasn't aware of. Like maybe, maybe there was like a shitty article or write up about that in some article. Magazine or something. I
0: think it was more of a general tenor of the. I don't want to say discourse at the time. It was like art magazine articles, so it was yeah. like well okay. in advance written and everything. But yeah. a lot of articles were like shit like that. Right. Even in like guitar world, that was printing at the same time like metal tabulature. They were also like here's the new alternative shit that's supplanting the metal. Like in so many words, you know. The, it,
2: it's it's like it's it's such that, a strange thing that period of time in music because
0: it. <sighs> It wasn't not a thing, but also he blows it out of proportion.
2: Yeah. For sure. Mm. Yeah, it's a weird thing because at some point there was an organic element of like people wanted to listen to Nirvana and not Guns N' Roses anymore. Mm -hmm. But there is also the way that the music industry reacted to Nirvana, which was that they like since since less money was going to bigger metal acts, that meant that less money was going to. Mid level and lower level metal acts. So that meant that, like, death metal bands that got in the early 90s, like Obituary and Suffocation, that got signed to Roadrunner all of a sudden had a good budget for their albums that came out in 1990, but then mm-hmm. had a shit budget for their albums that came out later,
3: mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. know,
2: and things like that. Like all that stuff sort of rolled downhill because metal became like a dirty word and the way the industry responded to it yeah. and the way that the industry would sort of like, well, we don't want, cause like nevermind was like made with like 30 grand and it became the biggest record in the fucking world. And that's not supposed to happen. So right. they panicked and went, To like every every city that had any alternative scene and they just signed every band. Hmm. Like gave them like five grand. And they're like, oh well, that's more money. Like that's what I was talking to JP from Clutch, and that was what he says. Like, yeah, it was more money than we'd ever seen in our lives. So we said yes. Hmm. You know. Speaking of bands
0: that like grind it out and do it. Fucking a sustain themselves for years. Yeah. You know,
2: but they they were one of the bands that got caught up in that like sort of uptick, right? Yeah. So like in a sense, like Phil's not wrong, but also in a sense, it's like Big triggered white man shit, uh, big you know like yeah yeah that
1: that's <clears throat> the sense that I kept totally. getting it was just like, bro just fucking play your shit and shut up right like, it's like, like, I don't like, know. can like, you like cares?
2: not fathom stick that... to football No, I'm just
1: kidding. <laughs> 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 no that that's, it's like it's it's like okay so you know how like 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 old boomer white dudes like complain about Colin Kaepernick like protesting police brutality oh yeah and, right. and they're wrong about that um, yeah. I felt like Phil Anselmo was like. Or, like, like, and we make fun of them for saying that, I should say. Yeah. Um, not to get political, <laughs> but like, get when, political. When, when when, we're already when, here. When, yeah. When Fel Anselmo was like complaining about who, experts or whatever, that's like when he's he's also wrong. I don't know. I, I was, I no, had a thread, then I lost it. But it's like, the, he's, just like he's the, basically
0: the, a boomer who's making fun of Colin Basically, Kaepernick. It's, it's the vaguest, like, just lashing out shit. Yeah. For, right. Yeah. And it's, it's nothing.
2: Well, and what we kind of talked about, like, in the lyrics that was interesting, like, As you go from Cowboys from Hell to Vulgar to Far Beyond Drummond* to Tranquil, you know, I don't want to go all the way into it, but a brief rehash is, like, Cowboys from Hell is not an angry record at all. It's just fantasy.
0: Yeah, it's, like, fantasy. It's, like, let's have a good time. We're fucking playing cool metal. right? And
2: so, you know, like, you know
0: put into a box you know like it's that means nothing at all to anybody out of context but i'm here for it i I can't imagine that (laughs) like this isn't for the this isn't for the non pantera fan um that that first album was like cheesy in a way that i can get behind
2: right and i think that like dime actually wrote a lot of the lyrics on that because I remember hearing like an interview snippet where Phil talked about vulgar was the first time where he was like really got to like do his thing or whatever. Mm. And vulgar's really just like aggro fucking word salad. Yes. But it's yes. it's not very personal. It's very preachy. And that's why I don't like
0: it. It's like a lot of projection.
2: Yeah. It's, it's mm. not. And. OK. Yeah. You know. And but then Far Beyond Driven gets more personal and it's very inward and it's like he there's songs about like child abuse there's you know like about being abused there's there's it's all and so like it's all very grimy but it's very personal and then trendkill is is still like it's it's a healthy mix of like you know being angry like at society and shit and then being like yeah man being fucking drug addict sucks (laughs) like and that's but it's still personal, so I still like dig it. But mm-hmm. but it's still like there is still a big a big like triggered fucking like it's like Phil doesn't know what to be angry at. So he's like, I guess I guess our brand is being angry at the trends, right? right. You know, yeah. and it's yeah. it's like kind of st- it's 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 stupid. But it also at the same time like magazines were making a lot of money off of like alternative versus metal. Like you felt like you had to pick. Like that was like when we were kids, you felt like you even had to pick if you liked Pearl Jam or Nirvana. You felt like you weren't allowed to like both.
0: When I got into high school, a dude literally walked up to me since with a Pearl Jam t shirt on and said, Hey man, who do you like better, Pearl Jam or Nirvana? And because he had the t shirt on, I was a fucking like freshman in high school. I was like, fucking Pearl Jam, probably. (laughs) And of course, I was wrong and dumb, and that wasn't really what I thought. Like, I like Nirvana better, but. Not that that's the right answer. This is what yeah, I yeah. thought.
2: Actually, they're both amazing. But that, it turns out that you know? absolutely <laughs>
0: happened. Like
2: right, that was part of the climate of weird. the time, and so it was like it was hard to tell. Mm-hmm. It was a really this weird thing where it's like, is Phil reacting to this, or is Phil helping to create this? Mm. And it's hard. It was honestly like hard to tell because it's, you know, if you give him the benefit of the doubt, you're like, well, he's not mad at people who actually like Nirvana. Yeah per se, he's mad at, at, at the way the suits are responding.
0: Yeah. He's mad at this nebulous <clears throat> trend. He's mad. He's
2: mad at like the business, like the businessmen, the, you know, like th- that aspect that are sort of watching the numbers. I mean, like, well, fuck, fuck metal, no money for those guys. We're going to give, like, instead of giving money to, you know, so Suffocation can record it more sound again for their second album, we're going to give money to this no name band who barely has three songs because they're alternative, you know? And so, <clears throat> but anyway, hmm. nonetheless. They had a lot of flannel shirts. <clears throat> Funny enough, if you it, see Pantera wear it, a lot of flannel. That's, a good, that's like,
0: a good eventually point. Phil that's had a lot point. of
1: flannel shirts as well. Yeah.
2: And like, Honestly, is the
1: trend really dead, Phil, <laughs>
2: <laughs> or
0: are you wearing it? <laughs> Honestly, if by trend
2: you mean flannel. <laughs> that's that's actually a key to me. That's a key aspect in in Pantera's success is their image and how they had like a very relatable street, quote unquote. Yeah. I'm using that very loosely. Yeah. Street image. Yeah. You know, they were like
1: every man who drank Bush, Bush Light or whatever and were from you know north texas you know like they were like approachable almost yeah 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 yeah. Yeah. Um, because probably partially due to the quadrant idea maybe you know because i think the more the more detached from maybe or or like aloof or or cold or stoic or whatever like a band is the more uh unapproachable they might seem as individuals but if someone's just going like
2: fucking i fucking hate fucking fucking shit bro because this is the thing man like being being my first concert being Pantera and white zombie in 96 and seeing Phil, you know, like the way that he interacted with the crowd, he just talked like someone who was like, you were hanging out, like you were hanging out, having beers and just jamming your favorite, like Ozzy and Mm -hmm. Alice in Chains covers. And then in the middle of it, whatever, just someone fucking caught the spirit and they just had something they needed to get off their chest. It's, that's how it felt like it felt like a really big living room Mm -hmm. and that was incredibly like endearing and there was something like really special about that you know and so when he talked about like load being a shitty album he was talking about it as a fan he wasn't and and he wasn't talking about it as like trying to like a beef or like trying to fuck over metallica or anything like that he was like just having like and and that was that was the thing that made him so special. And that was the thing, one of the things that made Pantera Concert so special is that it felt you just it still had this element of danger. You, you didn't know. You didn't know what Dimebag was gonna play in that in like the second verse of Cowboys from Hell, but you knew it was gonna be something different.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: On this record, it's cat's cat cat scratch fever. Scat scat scat. scat <laughs> it's cat scratch fever. When mm. I saw him in '99, it was Carry On Our Wayward song <laughs> Wow. You know, it was I think I think think there's another time it was you really got me, you know? Checks out. Yeah. And then like and then uh and then they go right back into Cowboys some hell. fucking masterful. And they might have practiced that like I don't know, three dozen times and decided it before they even did the the dress rehearsals for the tour or the or the tech rehearsals. But it when you saw it, it felt like it was happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right yeah. then. It felt like Dime or it felt like Vinny and Rex and Phil didn't know what Dime was gonna decide to do there.
0: Yeah. To- like talking <clears throat> about this, think like thinking this through a bit more now, I really wonder how much of that aspect of Phil's like in the moment-ness right. really came from Dime's influence. Mm-hmm. is is really what i wonder there because he was the guy who was like i'm gonna make this a fun place to be right i want to make this a place where people want to be and see us do these things and phil just doesn't seem like that kind of person to me you know right. what i mean right not not that there wasn't some aspect of that but like Dime was such a force of that in that sure. band. Sure. That I feel like he probably brought a lot of that out in other people too. <laughs> sure, sure.
2: But, I mean, I will say though, like I've seen Phil with like Down. And yeah. Phil has still has like this really or at the time he had this very like personal, like, don't give a fuck. I've told a story before, but fuck it, I'm gonna tell it for you, Harrison, because I love you. <laughs> um so I saw him play with Down, and it was like halfway through the set when people start to get tired. And he was like, all right, Houston, let me hear you. And people are like, eh. <laughs> oh, well, is, is that all you got, Houston? Let me hear you. Oh. And he was like, all right, all right. All right, Houston. Let me hear you. Let me hear you get as quiet as possible. On the count of three, I want you to hear you be as quiet as possible. Here we go. One, two, three. It's this dude in bags so not paying attention. He's like, you know what, you said I respect that. This next song
0: is called Lifer. <laughs> nice. I mean, you can't argue with that, really. And, it,
2: and it's like, <clears throat> no other fun man has the balls to fucking do some crazy shit like that.
1: Yeah, you know, he just thought of that right then and there. That was
2: it. was maybe he didn't but it felt it <laughs> yeah. fucking
0: felt that way to me as, as, as it, an audience as, member. as long as it comes off like that that's really what matters i guess yeah you know and and, <clears throat> and that is that's like, the
1: thing about authenticity when you can fake that you
2: got it made <laughs> and so
0: <Damn.
3: laughs>
2: so that's why that's why a lot of the rants on here are what become my favorite aspect mm-hmm. the other part of it is that none of the rants here go off the rails and i've seen a lot of phil's rants go off right. the
0: rails i mean they were they were they were editing these for an album release i'm sure they made that decision very uh very consciously
2: and 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 the, also the part of it is that i like that like because I, I imagine dime is the one who's putting this together you know um, I don't know yeah fucking produced by Vinny and Dime and so I imagine like they keep they're keeping the rant before suicide note part one of like you know what like they're they're like <laughs> yeah. like they're, they're keeping that in there it's like oh dude Phil sounds like a total idiot yeah, yeah, yeah. you know like the crowd right. doesn't respond to that at all there's no game that we can put on these mics to make the crowd fucking understand what you just fucking said Phil we're leaving it <laughs> because that's what you say every night
0: <laughs> yep yep
2: You know, it is funny though, because the rants are some that are very polarizing about this
0: album. You'll hear a lot of people talk about like, well, Whistville would show up. Oh, blah, 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 blah. And it's like, like, like they're not what I'm here for. They're not the best part of the track, but they add something to it that is like undeniably valuable to the experience. You know what I mean? Right. For, for better or worse, I guess. But, uh, Right. I I like the fact that they're there. It makes
2: me so happy. It makes me it's a huge essential part of the record to me. And it's because it's a totally. huge essential part of the live experience of seeing Pantera. Yeah. Um yeah. and you know, but like to take Phil to task, you know, like I think it was during the ninety five tour, ninety five like like every stop on the tour or something, he had like a fucking, you know, like a white like a black pride white pride speech hmm. so
1: like why don't we have white history month basically yes you know, yes yes, that yes, type yes of thing. yeah
2: yeah yeah like, it's very i mean i talked about it before but it's very much in that like i'm not racist but i'll be good goddamned if i have to hear black people talk about racism affecting them is yeah. <laughs> very much in that kind of energy you know mm-hmm. and it's like it wouldn't be a big deal if you were if you weren't playing in like one of the best fucking bands in the world and you like you're like stop the show So that because I I got something to say about black entertainment television, (laughs) because if you had white entertainment television,
0: you know, and so. I mean but it, would, like, it would still be a deal, but no one would hear about it. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, and White
1: entertainment television, also known as the rest of the channels. Like I don't yeah, know. Yeah, every other <laughs> fucking channel.
0: Also known as wet. Yeah, let's not. Yeah. <laughs> we,
1: don't we don't want wet. that. We don't want that. Yeah. Mm.
2: <laughs> and so, you know, it, it, but it's like, but it's it's almost like this weird sort of like catch 22 and like, yeah, man. The good is that you get like this dude who's free will and speaking his mind, and then it's like, oh well mm-hmm. he's gonna he's gonna fucking speak his mind <laughs> and he's feeling real confident so he's gonna talk about all the dumb shit he thinks too <laughs> <laughs> yep so that's like an aspect of it um too but yeah, one of my other favorites was suicide note part two also so so that's your second one i I'd say so yeah uh, yeah, fair enough um. Yeah, what was another
0: one that you really dug on here? Where you come from. Nice. So, this is one of my favorite dime solos. And it's got such an awesome outro. This song. So, I, well, I mean, I'm. Hmm. This song has been incredible. This is, depending on the day you ask me, this might be the definitive Pantera track. Straight up. Period. I I respect it. You know what? I respect. I that. respect. I respect that.
1: It's it's interesting because I not not really having like um the uh the memory of, of like this listening to that this album you know front and back mm-hmm. um when it came to the last couple songs and I didn't really recognize them I was like oh these sound kind of cool and then that was it like mm-hmm. that's all I have all right. on on fifteen and sixteen and I feel sad about it now I feel like okay maybe I, maybe I should go back and go well this
0: again. I mean. So, I listened to this a lot back in the day, and I didn't, I haven't, I, I don't listen to a lot of metal much these days regularly, past like decade plus, really. So, going back to listen to this again, I was like, I was so fucking pleased when I got to the last two tracks of this album. Mm. I was so happy with how cool these songs were.
2: You know why? Because you know what comes next. And you know these two tracks are better. <laughs> <laughs> that is a part... That is a part... Well, okay.
0: <laughs> I mean, we'll, we'll get there. And I, I came at this project with a very open mind, I will say. <laughs> so did I. And but- I was... But anyway. <laughs> I, I am so fucking happy with how great these these last two songs are. Yeah. Because these are the last two tracks they recorded right around the same time they recorded Trendkill, right? They're, they recorded like these on tour. Later. Yeah, they recorded these on tour. For Yeah, on the Trendkill tour, like 96 or whatever. But we, Go but, ahead. But these songs are like... Uh, and, and, and I think part of it is also because I watched the home videos so much. Have you ever watched the home videos? I don't...
1: Uh, if i have it it's it, i might as well say no because i don't remember See,
0: that's it, fine but, but because we were stupid outliers where we watched them way too much
2: yeah 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 like they were a part like those videos are just as important as each album <laughs> pretty much is to yeah. us in the canon of yeah. pantera like yeah. the lines and the jokes like here's how much of a dork i am when i went to osfest 99 <laughs> okay i'm looking up on the hill. Okay, We're in San Antonio. I look up on the hill and I'm like, holy shit. That's Big Val.
0: <laughs> For Big Val!
2: And so, um,
0: no one knows what that means. Well, ba bu- bu- bu-
2: Big Boy... <laughs> so yep. Big Val is like he did security okay. for Pantera so there's a whole like oh, okay. there's so many sections there's like a whole lot of screen time devoted to, to Big Val so I go up to this big giant man oh no you really? Uh, really how did I never hear about this? I don't know <laughs> and, and I'm like what's up Big Val and he's like hey kid and he's and cute. I had like this conversation with him he's their fucking he's, he's just a security guard he's just a random fucking you know what I mean like you know that's how I'm ingrained, like he, to me, he was, it was like, you know, Don, on Benny Phil Rex, Big Val. He like, was
0: a guy that you knew who he was. Like, right, yeah. He was like, a character in this, like, charade, Yes, you know? in this,
2: like, theater
0: of, like, <laughs> performative, like, yeah, yeah, you yeah. know
2: like performative sort of vagabond masculinity. Like he yeah. was a, an, A list player. Like if I right. had to choose between like shaking hands with Ozzy or big Val, I might've still chosen big Val.
0: I would've chosen Big Val. Um,
2: <laughs> so just as like how canon yeah. those videos were.
0: Yeah. So like there are, there are, there's at least one major part in the video in three specifically. Cause that was when this album came out. Um, uh, but they they do things like they'll intersperse parts of their songs over video footage, just like for effect, and it's so it's really well, it's really well done. But there's a part where they play like uh, various parts of of uh, where you come from is over the, the video stuff. Yeah, there you go. Uh, and like because I've watched those videos so many times, I that part of that song is ingrained in my mm-hmm. mind, but multiple parts of that song. But also. I mean, we'll get to it with my next selection as well, but like these, these last two songs are so like full of energy yeah, and they feel like, especially uh, juxtaposed with the next album, they feel like they wanted to be here playing this shit. They, yeah. they feel like they really like had something like we want to go in the studio and do this right the fuck mm. right now.
2: Yeah, man. So I, I, would, I would put one of my picks as like I can't hide. Me too. It's, <laughs> that's my third one. Nice, I, I I appreciate you, sir. I see you, I recognize you, I appreciate you, and I love you. Like
0: man, these last two tracks um, were
2: so fucking cool. That outro of I Can't Hide might be like one of the best fucking things ever fucking recorded.
0: <laughs> it's really good. And man. um, yeah, no. Nah, what man. What, is, what is this thrash punk track with an incredible breakdown outro? It's it? so fucking good, man. It's probably that. That's one of my, like,
2: if I if you like put a gun to my head and like you have to. Tell me your top five Pantera tracks. I can't hide, will probably wow. be in there.
0: The, like these two tracks are in the top 10 for sure. Yeah. 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 Easily, yeah. Easily. So, and,
1: so is this the only album that those two songs are officially yes. recorded on? Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah that's they're pretty cool. They
2: recorded these two songs on tour for Trendkill. Uh, yeah. I like did them in like 10 days. Yeah. Like in, wow. like they went in the studio and then, like, oh, okay. Yeah. That's done. You know cuz i was
1: pretty like confident that i was very familiar with their studio albums right yeah. and then honestly because i just really didn't listen to this album back in the day when i heard those two i was like what the fuck are these and They're... like i was distracted and i was like okay i should probably go re-listen to these
2: again yeah <laughs> fair yeah yeah and and um and the other thing too like i noticed about the lyrics is that these are the li- <laughs> this feels like the last time that phil writes personal lyrics hmm. yep because he like he OD'd like, the night after I saw him. Like, he... like Because they played in Houston, and then they played in Dallas, and he OD'd after that show. Oh, and was that then, when he, like, died, basically, for, like, a few minutes yes. or whatever? Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. And then, I don't know the exact dates, but he was back on tour within, like, three days of that, which is fucking insane. Mm. Like, the audio for this that you hear, that happened after that. Oh. Like, a lot of that happened... A lot of this was recorded after that. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so, you know like these lyrics are still these lyrics are all about that the the lyrics in these two songs are all about his overdose and it feels like it's the last time that Phil was really personal in Pantera with his right. lyrics right and i think that's one of the reasons that the songs are so endearing to me and and musically they're inter- musically this is this is the most important thing to me musically they're different yes
0: than what they've done they're they're different, but also they're they're still very Pantera in a way. Like, right. I think I can't hide maybe less so until the end, but like where you come from is like that's all of Pantera like distilled to me.
2: Right, uh, right, 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 right. Sure, um, sure, sure, sure. But sure, yes, sure. also agreed. So, um, <laughs> all right. What were some of your other favorites on this? Uh, yes. Uh, well, Harrison? I I actually so I I do actually really
1: like. Uh, the Cowboys from Hell version on this one Mm. because because back to my earlier point about like if I'm they just play the song so accurately that I'd almost rather just listen to the album but that one what I like about it is they slow it a little bit. Like I feel like the mm-hmm. tempo is not as fast as mm-hmm. Cowboys from Hell. Okay. And right. I yeah. dig I dig it because it kind of, it's not like a lot slower, but it just has a little bit more stank on it and it's like fun. It's like different. It's like unique a little bit. It's like novel, okay. I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I really appreciate that. I
2: really like how in the second half of the second verse they get all like heavy and quarter note with it. Quarter yeah. note with it, you know. Dun, 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 dun. Like, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. yeah. It's great. You know. Like yeah. to me that's like every time I listen to the Apple version, when it gets to that, I'm like, "Well, you know." I'm waiting for that. I'm waiting for that. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, like that's so I mean. much of the idiosyncrasies and the performance gestures of this record have become canon. Totally. To me. See, I just I, it's I, uh, the big difference is I just don't I don't have that experience. So
1: it's it was almost like listening to a new like <laughs> CD of theirs, but right. it's all old songs for me. Mm.
2: Yeah. 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 That's bad but rad. I will also
1: say that a new level is fucking badass too I like the way it kicks off
2: i I was so i very I was very clear in not including new level in my favorite tracks we both were for vulgar display of power but I
0: feel in fact I put it as the one I didn't i my my
2: yeah you you might have put it as your throwaway you put it as your throwaway yeah track. because I was going I don't know but man, sounds badass live. The live version of it. And like it just sounds unhinged. Like it's about yes. to just
1: fucking it's like a <laughs> freight train that's about to run off the rails. <laughs> like <it's awesome>.
2: And <laughs> that like like all and to me a big part of it is the shit that Phil's doing. Like, cause he's just you know, like that shit, like before that's like, what are you even that's not what and and it it to me it captures Like, I just, I just cannot fucking describe to you, Harrison, what a Pantera (laughs) concert felt like, because no other concert has ever felt like that. Mm -hmm. Um, Like, I remember, so I saw them in 97 at Westfields, this like big, like, it's like a mini Woodlands Pavilion outdoor arena out in Houston, okay? And like, half of the curtain fell down on accident
0: okay like before they started playing before they
2: started playing and they and even before the show like phil was coming out and like creeping behind the curtain and just like <laughs> waving at people you know just like clapping and just like hey like just shit that i've literally never seen anyone else do and then half of the curtain falls <laughs> like while because they were playing like good friends in a bob Pills for the intro yeah. you know like through the pa or something and like half of the curtain falls like totally unprofessional and bullshit you see a roadie run across and pull the rest of the curtain down. And, like, Don's like, fuck it. And he just walks out and starts waving at people. <laughs> and then, like, you know, and then everyone else fucking comes out. And then Vinny's on a drum riser that goes all the way, almost all the way up to the fucking lighting rig, which is, like, the <laughs> dumbest but coolest shit that I've ever seen. <laughs> and they, like, just start playing walk. They're like, fuck it. You know? And it's just, like, it just felt so... Like almost improvised, like just so laxadaisical, just so shoot from the fucking hip, mm-hmm. you know. They played hard lives and sunken cheeks. They, it just it felt like they were just playing whatever the fuck they wanted. They played Planet Caravan. Phil laid down. Oh, wow. He just (laughs) laid down. Great. Wow. He just fucking laid down on the middle of the fucking stage, man. They were doing some other shit, and, like, Rex is, like, fucking walking around with his bass like a fucking idiot, just, like, doing this, like, stupid fucking, like, chicken walk step shit. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. Everything about it just felt so energetic. It felt so inspired. It felt so... Unpredictable. It yeah. felt dangerous. You like when they came out for an encore. It felt like it was a real encore. It you know like right. it 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 all it was it was like the perfect
1: fucking. I'm genuinely sad. I'm genuinely very sad that that uh I never
2: got to experience that. It's it's you know I'm I'm thank thank you Heidi. Thank you to my my older cousin Heidi who who took me to those first two Shout out to shows. Heidi. Shout out to fucking Heidi. Well, what,
1: what, um, I do want to say one more thing about this though, at least, but it related to the live show is that I think that even though I'm not a huge fan of, of like live metal albums, I think this is the best possible version of a live
2: Pantera album. You could, that could have been made, I think. Right.
0: I would agree with that.
2: To me, the only competitor for like live albums, live metal albums is the uh, Metallica live shit, binge and purge Mexico city CD. Mm-hmm that's the only competitor to this it's still a definite second to me but it's the only competitor because it's difficult to pull off live metal records
1: yeah um oh one more one more random comment on this one that bugs me though yeah and this is such a stupid like nerdy thing and that's not even that nerdy but um I because there's only one guitar player and it's basically mixed in the center and there's no stereo guitar that uh it's a bummer to me I, it's mm. like hard for me. it like doesn't sound as
2: good. <laughs> it's one of the things I really like about this record because yeah. I feel like you can Figgity really wood. hear Rex playing. Oh, so, interesting. So because I feel like in the rest of Pantera's catalog, Cowboys from Hell is really the only one where Rex really gets to fucking shine. Hmm. Because on vulgar, is the work. last
0: two songs on here, he fucking, is all he over the place. really does. He's a, all of, he's, he's, he fucking starts <laughs> off. <laughs> that, <laughs> I can't do <hide." laughs> yeah. I think it's the only. Well, I mean, technically, Vinnie starts it off with the, but whatever. Rex really starts. Like, I think it's, it's the only Pantera. Cha cha cha. I'm pretty sure you're you are right. <laughs> right. You're right. You're um, right. Um. I think that's the only Pantera track that that uh, bass starts it. Yeah, man. If it, I think, yeah.
2: Because if you go back and use the to Cowboys from Hell, like bass carries so much of that. And once they sort of filled out, like, because I remember seeing an interview where on Vulgar, they started using more of the room bikes mm. for the guitar tone. So it becomes bigger. and But because of that, you lose a little bit of the bass. You lose a little bit of the presence of the bass. And so Rex doesn't ever shine as much as he does on Cowboys from Hell. Mm. And so and i really like that you get mm. more wrecks on this so the the single guitar doesn't bother me yeah
0: what was it the mixing though or was it it was the it was the channel mixing well i i think on? that I,
1: I i'm no audio engineer um but i feel like if there's only one guitar you can't you can't make a uh, stereo like you you do have to pan it to one side slightly or or it's going to be in the center Right, but it just you just lose some of the um the wideness of the of the mix because there's just you can't mm. double the gu- uh, presumably on all their albums they double the guitars you know at least right. at least once um so there's there's stereo yeah. effect but there's there's no guitar stereo effect here because there's just one guitar gotcha. even if you had you know two mics and you panned them the phasing wouldn't like it's still gonna sound like it's in the center right I think right so it just sounds like it sounds flat to me like the guitar is just right in the middle. Mm. So it's like missing something, like from a mix, uh,
2: dynamic, or like wideness perspective to me. That's interesting. I see what you mean. Okay. Um, the. Uh... All right, is there any other sort of sort of random blurbs you want to throw in about this, Robert?
0: Uh, I I forgot to bring up on where you come from. There's a lyric that just says, "You call that supernatural? It ain't." <laughs> <laughs> okay, sure. I failed in front of my friends. <laughs> yeah yeah um yeah 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 i i I just can't i can't stress enough how how uh pleased i am with those last few tracks and how how much i enjoy them
2: i i second that you know and it it really makes me wonder what 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 pantera album we would have gotten that's a great question if 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 reinventing would have been recorded in like 97 98 you know as what opposed I, to 99 two thousand you know okay yeah mm,
0: I don't know well we'll we'll talk about that
2: yeah because those these two you know
0: because I love these two tracks um uh so to too quickly because we already talked about it a little bit but to quickly hit the one that I would get rid of I guess from this sure is this was really the Sophie's choice for me of like <laughs> I, I couldn't really pick anything but I picked Cowboys from hell because they play Cast Scratch Fever and then fuck that song. Yeah, fuck that news. Right? <laughs> yeah, like, that's really all I've got. Yeah,
2: like that's an interesting thing. What like Cowboys from Hell and Cemetery Gates are definitely like the like
0: See, I, I almost went with Cemetery Gates <sighs> simply because it can't possibly stand up to the album version. Yeah, yeah. But Phil does like a surprisingly good job at like an attempt here. Sure. Given what he's got with his voice his vocal sure. range at this point. Sure. So I was like
2: Uh. I mean, for me, that's just because Cemetery Gates has never been one of my favorite songs. Mm. Mm -hmm. Um, And but yeah, it's interesting with Cowboys from Hell because in one sense, it's I feel like it's essential because it has it has two of the things that really capture that Pantera live show injury, which is like we're going to throw a different fucking song in here. And then also we're going to really change up how we articulate this this particular section. Yes. Um that, that
0: kind of shit, whenever they pull that off in this in this on this entire set is, is amazing.
2: Right, right, right. Like the end of becoming when you get the the, the throw tro. <laughs> yep. Where you get the outro to throws of rejection. Oh. Go, yeah. go, 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 girl, girl, girl. Yes. Girl, oh, yeah. go, go, girl. Um and so but yeah, like Cowboy Smell is kinda like towards the bottom. Because it's a,
0: it's it's pretty great still, but I was like, I don't know, I don't yeah. like Cash Crash feature, I, I don't think... But uh, they also covered that song separately, right? Uh, right. On uh, some sound, the Detroit rock yeah, city. I don't know. Doesn't matter. Um. But yeah,
2: another thing that I really do like about it is I really because like Southern Trend Phil is my favorite fill, <laughs> so hearing all the songs with that fill on them, yeah, like, yeah. I but, I was gonna bring up something similar. Yeah. Okay. okay. Like, like like hearing like even the far beyond driven stuff mm-hmm. hearing like the like fry screams at the end of 5 minutes alone with trendfill mm-hmm. stylings or new level with trendfill that that's like yes that's my favorite so yeah. i feel like okay yeah. i am uniquely poised to love this record <laughs> because trendkill is my you know i don't think it's the best pantera record right but it's my favorite um i think far beyond driven is objectively their best that's my that's my two cents um i think that's where i ranked i think that was my number one too right so like but it's not
1: your number one though you're saying it's objectively the number one but it's subjectively not your train kills your number one
2: i man did i have a good fucking time listening to far beyond driven two weeks ago like man Mm -hmm. picking a a track to throw away on that one was the hardest for me (laughs) of anything yeah um, there was I, I was like, oh, God, well, it's just I like the drum. It's going to be between these two. And I like the drum fill in that one better. So yeah. it was so it was just <laughs> almost impossible. But like. um But so this record being re- being recorded on the tour, because like singers voices change throughout albums, like like the Slipknot live album was recorded on like the volume three tour. So the vocals are all weird because Corey's doing that. The, mm. He's doing the volume three voice on everything. So it's a little <laughs> goofy in some of the stuff. Yeah. And um, so it's like, it's almost like a live album sort of depends on so much of your enjoyment of a live album depends on like where the singer's at. That's why the, like, you know, the live ship Benjamin purge Metallica album, you know, the box set is done during the black album tour. So you get to hear creeping death. With black album James voice, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. you know what I mean. Yeah, it's it's, and, it's an interesting. And you also dynamic. get to hear like yeah. James New Jason Newstead, James Newstead. <laughs> you get to hear Jason Newstead backing vocals. You know, die, 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 motherfucker. Damn. <laughs> anyway, that's like to me that's canon in Creeping Death. Yeah, yeah, yeah. right, so, right, right,
0: right. Um, you can't do it without that. Um speaking of backing vocals, I wanted to shout out the backing vocals from Dime on I'm Broken. Yeah. Because he does a little because it's like force fed to make him in inbred, but he, he does a little like a, a little scoop. <laughs> Yeah. It's really good. It nice. like really works. In have there. you
2: seen like the OG footage of him like doing Seek and Destroy? No. Dude. Dude. <laughs> I don't I don't think I have. Dude. He he can do a perfect Hetfield. Wow. Mm. It sounds exactly like Hetfield doing
0: Seek and Destroy. Nice. So I'll have to find that. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um And the only other thing I wanna shout out is in Dom Hollow, when they switch into Hollow, and Phil goes, "That's fucking badass!" Yeah, <laughs> this one of those. One, Just along for the ride. It's that other time, yeah. It's so like it's I like I was like, that's, "Oh, you guys did that? That's fucking badass! You guys see this shit? That's fucking badass!" It's guys, I'm in Pantera. Yeah. <laughs> this is fucking badass. This rocks. This shit rocks. You guys heard of Pantera? The I'm right, in that shit. The I'm right, in fucking Pantera. They're playing right behind me here.
2: Yeah, and like that's again the thing that makes like <laughs> Phil the perfect frontman is because oh, man. he he like plays that role as a stand-in. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, I don't really have much at ad- much to add. The only one of the only other things I was wondering if you were know you noticed this is like cuz in Sandblast that like really showcases um Vinny's fucking goofball foot technique. And mm-hmm. I don't know if you picked up on that. Um oh. I probably not. So when he does, I talked about this a bit the last episode. So, but here we go. So like when you have like a, Mm -hmm. he doesn't play it like that. He plays. Right. He Mm. plays left, right, right, left, right, right, left, right, right, left, right, right. Okay. That's, that's like how becoming works. Like. You know, and so like Sam going you have that, blah, 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 blah. you know, like that, yeah, that whole yeah. thing. Oh, and if you listen to it, you can hear that like uh, that, like so every now and again, that second, that third note's a little little close together than it should be. Mm-hmm. And you can like totally tell it. That's like, oh, fascinating. Oh, yeah, because you're not doing it like, you're not doing it like, you're yeah. not doing it right, left, right, left, right, left, right, left, right, left, right, left. And so, I mean, part of it's like, that's so cool that y'all like left that in there. Mm-hmm. Also, but it's also like a little bit it, it also is I don't know, I don't know. It's it's an interesting like performance gesture, right? You also hear it a lot on Trent Kill when mm-hmm. he when he does those kind of rhythmic figures, you can like tell that those second and the third notes are a, a little bit closer together. Mm-hmm. Than the like the first and the second notes, yeah. but that's really interesting because I always noticed on even
1: on the studio albums that his his double kick, um, like he kind of it felt like he was avoiding certain types of double kick patterns, um, like it, that's what it felt like to me. Yes, because it's like it, he didn't need to. Uh, he, there was no reason for them to be like, <laughs> like there's no reason for Pantera to ever do that. On that note, <laughs> but I felt like he was avoiding it. <laughs> on that note,
2: on that note, fucking hostile. He doesn't play on this record on the library, He doesn't play it how it is how he plays it on Folger.
1: Yeah, in the very few like times in their uh, discography where they do like a, I don't know, would that be sixteenth note or whatever, like a (laughs) type of thing, Mm -hmm. it's it's always very infrequent and it's very Mm -hmm. short duration, and I feel like he always stops on the last snare. Yeah. yeah. Or something. Yeah. You know, it's like he never quite just uh, follows through. So I can't put my finger on it, but I think maybe yeah, no, no, maybe, no. maybe it's very uncomfortable for him. It's not like a technique that he ever really it's like, never mastered. like a sustained thing. It's yeah. like a burst. Yeah. It, wasn't right. a, it wasn't like a priority for his playing style or whatever.
2: Right, right, right. Like the, the fastest yeah. that you hear Vinny go for a consistent period of time is in heresy. Mm. Um mm. which that song's around like 170 and you hear him like throw that double bass on for like that like kind of like bop, 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 like that kind of like super skank beat oh, kind of yeah, yeah, yeah you know what i mean but that's really like the fastest sustained double bass mm-hmm. that you hear Vinnie do mm-hmm. um a few triplet um things here and there like here and well, there but, but like so like in that, shattered you hear that yeah. but it's like more mid tempo you know yeah yeah and he does that a lot yeah you know what i mean but um, but yeah, so it is an interesting thing because fucking hostile has that uh, mm-hmm. on mm-hmm. the album, that's how it is. But that's not what he plays on the fucking on 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 the live. He plays, it's hard for me to tell I'd have to like really, really listen to it. He's either playing like kind of like, uh, yeah. like mm. right left, you know, like snare, snare, kick, kick, or he might even be doing like triplets. You know what I mean? I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm not really sure. He might mix it up, but, but yeah, like, and I don't know if that's like something that like fell out of his wheelhouse or anything, but it is, it is interesting though, to me, you know, and that kind of like relates to some of the stuff I have to say about reinventing, but, Hmm. but anyway, yeah, man. So yeah, to me, this is one of the best live records i ever fucking made.
0: Yeah. This is, this is, like I said, this is the Pantera album I would say. (laughs) (laughs) What do you want to fucking hear? It's okay to curse. You paid good money to curse.
2: Take your, take, breathe in, take your bullshit breath, blow it on the person next to you.
0: Man, <laughs> imagine saying that shit today.
2: Dude, I fucking love that. Dude, like when our record came out at one, put all the commercial shit in this fucking place.
0: I <laughs> <laughs> oh, one fucking shit. I like it. I fucking like it.
2: <laughs> like that. God. Dude, those things are just
0: so endearing to me, man. They, they are to me too. Like I said, so like all, all that shit is what I think about when I hear these songs now. Right. And that's just, yeah.
2: So it's it, not because
0: it's better than the album version. It's just like for so, something, it does something it yeah like it somehow works. It really does. I, I don't know. And so, and like,
2: and even the album art, like in these pictures, because information about how they played and like Vinny, cause Vinny was like my fucking top tier mm-hmm. motherfucker. And it was so hard to get like, you know, like I couldn't look up drum playthroughs. I remember trying to decipher oh, yeah. these photos. Oh
0: yeah. yeah.
1: yeah. Oh yeah. And, like, well, how do I get better by looking at this one, like, stylized shot in the <laughs> gatefold of a CD? Yeah. Yes! You know? God damn it! Stupid yeah, yeah. fucking
0: dime shot where he's just like, oh. Because so, you know he wasn't angry. Dead <laughs> Dime is not an angry person. Not yeah. even close. <laughs> right. So, um. Good but I, but yeah, man. I, 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 I This was the last thing that they did where they felt like they really wanted to be doing Pantera shit.
2: Well, it's a thing. Is that, what I'm going to say. Yeah, it's the last thing that happened where we were still in the moment of Pantera. Is, is I think what it is. And so okay. by the time okay. Well, okay. that Reinventing the Steel came out, we had already moved on to like Slipknot. Mm. We were already into heavier shit. You I mean, know. you're not
0: wrong but I'm not Okay. Okay.
2: So. so you don't
1: think it's uh, the the context and the um, what we talked about earlier about like when you came to enjoy Pantera originally? Well, you yeah. think it's just a shit record? No, I think it's <laughs>
2: that we came to enjoy them when they didn't suck. I, I th- <laughs> my,
0: my my overall thought, <laughs> touche. Like, like I th- I thought about this a lot today. I was like, how how do I really want to describe this album like in an overall sense because it could go like, I could be lenient, or I could be like, way too overbearing. But you know. I, I, think this is just a bad album. I, I think, <sighs> I, I think this feels like the B sides. I think this feels like a, they over the years they collected a pile of B sides that they didn't want to put on their other albums, mm, and okay. then they recorded them eventually. But, but not like fun B sides where sometimes the B side can over can can eclipse what's on the A side. Mm. I think these are these are just the things that they didn't really want to do, mm-hmm. and they eventually did them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, they, and they and they eventually did them. And, and that's that's how I kind of feel about this album overall. Uh, I think this is a bad set of album, set a set of songs, set of a uh, recording, I guess. Yeah. I don't I don't like saying that at all. I I kind of hate saying that.
2: So Harrison, your general impression of reinventing the steel? I mean, I always
1: really liked it. Actually. Yeah. Yeah. And I still do. I actually think it's pretty solid. Yeah. Um, I think the I, I, maybe it's like a, even bad pizza is still pretty good. Like even <laughs> right. bad Pantera is like fucking better than ninety percent of other shit out there. Oh,
0: this is very very true. Also, you're not wrong.
1: Right. But compared to Far Beyond Driven and stuff like that. But honestly, like I I feel like I because uh, what one of the things that I really like about um, Pantera they they uh, like was the groovy kind of slow uh like like i always like the southern like twangy and like kind of badass like and there's not a lot of that on here this is fairly like Mm. like straightforward almost it's there's not a lot of character it's not as dynamic but it still is like a lot of really cool riffs to me i like a lot of the riffs a lot right. i love the production actually really yeah it's it's very different though i'm gonna v-
0: vehemently disagree yeah with that yeah stick. well it,
1: because it's not it doesn't sound like a pantera record it mm. does it's it's not scooped or whatever yeah it doesn't have like the the drums don't sound like there's quarters on, super glued to the beaters <laughs> right this yeah. sounds like an adult recorded it <laughs> <laughs> Well, I Damn. love, but and, and like, and I love the other albums like more. But I'm just saying, like, I don't think I, it sounds really
2: like tight. I think I, I as as a drummer, Who I feel
1: like the album
2: suffers from how good the drums sound. Oh, interesting. Really? It definitely, it's
1: not dynamic. It's not a dynamic album.
2: I. So my blurb about this album is that it's vulgar without the bite or the dynamics. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Is is my blurb? I think this album sounds like shit. Um. There's also the Terry Date remix, which sounds better. Yeah, I was really? I was jamming
1: when I was re-listening to it. I was like going kind of A and B, and I I, I kind of like I think I kind of like that.
2: When the I, Terry uh, Date remix is better. Remix. I will find that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On the original mix, you're like, dad, that damn that snare sounds good, but there's it feels like there's something missing. There to there are me. certain
0: there are certain aspects of it that do sound like. Almost objectively good, like for as for as much as that really means. Yeah. I but mean, it, it doesn't I, sound like a Pantera dude,
2: album. You could fucking like record Dime and Vinny with a and Rex with a fucking coffee can and it's gonna sound objectively good. Yeah. In a sense. Um, in a
0: sense, yeah. You know. But like I don't I don't like a lot of what Dime has recorded on this album.
2: Mmm. This is interesting. So like I went into this is so fascinating. I love this shit. I, I'm dude, just thank you guys so much. <laughs> because I fucking love unpacking this shit to this degree. I really really do. It makes me so happy. Thank you guys so fucking much for being here. Um because when I, like, I had an idea in my head about how I was going to think about this. Mm-hmm. How I was going to think about reinventing. Because I knew how I thought about it historically. Right. Which was, fuck that album. Mm-hmm. Because to me, mm. Trendkill being the first, I mean, the first probably, the absolute first album I bought on the day that it came out. That album became not just a template for what Pantera did new Pantera album should be. It became a template for what all new albums should be, which is this like challenging experience, this artistic experience, this reaction to an artist's previous catalog, Mm -hmm. this pushing forward win, lose, or draw. Like you might fall flat on your face, but you push forward and you evolve. Mm. And... So this album, when I heard it, it felt like just a regression. It felt like such a safe, 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 boring, lazy record to me mm-hmm. when I heard it mm-hmm. the first time. And so when I went into, but I listened to it again, if you know, a few years ago, was like, you know, man, it's pretty fun. It's fun. And so when I like... I was like really anticipating and I even wrote it down man like I was like this is so much better than I remember I understand why I didn't like it but I think objectively it's one of their most consistent albums great riffs lyrics are more relatable and less grimy without being as preachy as vulgar true true but then you like after I like listened to it a few times then you then I'm like how's my week been kind of bad because I've been forcing myself (laughs) to listen to this record (laughs) Um, After the effort put into the songwriting and performances of Far Beyond Driven and the layering and atmosphere of Tranquil, something about this feels lazy. It's like vulgar without the bite or dynamics. Mm -hmm. And and I was like almost disappointed that I like ended up back at like the same opinion that I had Mm. because I was really hoping that I had grown as a person. And and but but I don't know man like it just when I was to it the first time i was like like the novelty of like yeah this is cool riffs this is cool vibes this is cool groove it's it's nice to hear Phil in a different headspace and then the second time I'm like dude fuck all this um I you know I'm like this is this is you know I I like I want it cuz the thing is is like I don't believe this I don't believe Phil on a lot of this. I agree with that. You know, Um, I believe Phil on the second down record that came out a year or two after this. Two years after, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. Two years, you know. I only know because I
0: checked that today.
2: Right. Yeah. Right. And and so to me, for me personally, that's a big aspect of this. Is it, you know, like, we'll grind that axe for a long time. Or it's like, come on, guys. (laughs) but but what's what's like
1: okay to me all of his lyrics are kind of silly and cheesy like (laughs) like what's
2: how is that so much worse objectively um to me man like the lyrics on far beyond driven and 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 Trendkill are really personal and authentic even if they like miss the mark Mm -hmm. or or they're misguided in a Mm -hmm. sense or they're whatever they, they it feels like on far beyond driven it feels like he's trying to like reach deep and say the say like the darkest most intense thing that he can Hmm. and that's definitely not what he's doing here yeah and and there's to me there's nothing on here that's personal i almost like wonder if like dime wrote a lot of the lyrics on this or something yeah you know or if or if dime was like look phil we're tired of your fucking drug songs (laughs) yeah i guess yeah you know because there's there's none of that on here you know what i mean yeah. but it's like but that was like like and it's such a catch-22 because part of what phil's thing was his shtick like why you related to him when he was the front man and like you know speaking his mind in front of ten thousand people is like oh that dude's being sincere and like you know like you're gonna tell me fucking like death rattle shakes is goddamn sincere
0: I'll run headfirst into
2: traffic. There's no telling what I'll do. I know those are two different songs, but <laughs> yeah. uplift definitely my trash track. Definitely really? my, like, throw the fuck
0: mm. away on this one. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, also, yeah. fair enough. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I thought, just a quick note for, for year for well, since the album came out for 22 years, I thought he was saying death rattle snakes. <laughs> <laughs> It's I'm, no less sensical either way, but yeah. um, it's a little more metal imagery than Death Rattle shakes. <laughs> I don't know. You know? <laughs> exactly. Bring it back around. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> no, I, I, I agree fully that this album doesn't feel... It. None of this feels like they mean it. Mm. In in any sense to me uh it, it kind of feels like they just they it almost feels like they had to record this mm. and they phoned it in in a way um it just doesn't feel like they wanted to be here playing these songs whereas and i mean and, and part of
2: it like why does this album feel flat to us is because every one of their albums was such a unique goddamn statement yeah
0: Like I feel, I feel terrible shitting on a Pantera album, just like (laughs) as as a general rule. But you can go listen to like seven hours of us praising all of their other shit, yeah. So that you know that I'm not just being an asshole about right. Yeah, we're not
2: we're not like trying to hot take this shit
0: like this. No, well, but
1: I I think, but. If anything, I'm the one with the hot take because everyone hates it. Who's I'm very, a Pantera fan, you know. <laughs>
2: like, I, I'm very. Does interested. everyone?
0: I don't. I don't really know. Well, so, so to contrast, I think most
1: really legit Pantera fans don't like it, <laughs> like you guys. Oh, old. So, I'm not at that level. I <laughs> had love of Pantera burgers. and I listen by the legit. Shit out of them, he but... means old. <laughs> old
0: man. So, so to contrast your take on this album or your, your approach to this album. Yeah. When this album came out, I was like, "This is a new Pantera album." I love Pantera I want to like this album yeah and so I I told myself for whatever it was worth like I like a lot of this stuff on this album I learned Revolution is right. that's a great fucking song to play it's so fun to play um and I like found stuff about it that I liked like I latched onto the shit that I did like about it and then I just kind of like let it go over the years I was like that's that album's fine and then when i came back to it to listen for this i was like that i was my instincts were correct at the time that this is not a great album yeah and I, so i so i did find myself wrapping back around to like you said it turns out I just I, I'm there <laughs> yeah. again. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean I, I don't ha- feel bad about it though. Like it just is what it is.
2: Yeah, I went through different phases where at first I was like, Meh, okay, I like it because it's Pantera, right? But this isn't hitting me the other way. And then like a few years later, I was like, Fuck that album. And then a few years later, I was like, You know what? It's really cool though to hear Diamond Vinny and how they like approach these things and these riffs as musicians and da 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 da. And and now I'm like kind of back around to like, eh, fuck that album. Um, and, but it is, it is, it's tricky because you don't want to like, it's so hard to sort of, because these guys, it's our, our experience, like yours and mine, our experience as musicians, as playing metal music is inseparable from our, our association, our influence with Pantera—it's absolutely inseparable. Mm-hmm. And so to to shit on anything they've ever done in any way, it, it like it hurts me a little.
1: <laughs> um, because you're kind of shitting on yourself a little bit, it, a little bit, yeah. It feels that
2: way. <laughs> and so, but but nonetheless, man, like it
0: it's man, <laughs> like it's it's. It's partially just, like, what's there, but it's partially expectation because they spent the previous eight years, like, putting out the best metal that's ever been made like, consistently. Like right. We, right. Those fr- we just listened to the first four or five uh, things they released, and they're just, like, those are things I could put on from front to back at any given time and enjoy all of it. It's I wouldn't skip so a good. single thing.
2: It's all so good. Yeah. It's also even the ones that even like the 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 you know like the track that I had like the stuff that I had a problem with on Vulgar was mostly just because of the lyrics. And yeah. It's yeah. like because you're because you're, of your fucking like problematic preachy fucking lyrics, Phil, which are mostly problematic because of the other shit you've done. Yeah.
0: You right. Know? Right. Um, yeah. Like in a vacuum, not as much, but given the context, like
2: fuck yeah. Man, come on, man. And, but then this is just, it, it, you, you know what? It's, it almost feels like, it's like, dude, y'all, y'all, y'all had the, like, you were listening to the wrong fucking people. <laughs> like, there were people, like, you had people around you that were like, like, yeah, man, like, that Tranquil thing was cool, but, you know, you need to go
0: more the classic. You need to, da, 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 you know, like, hmm. and. Right, I I want to hear what Harrison has to say. About yeah, this yeah, 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 yeah. Because I'm extremely interested. <laughs> no, like, yeah, I just want to hear what you think about this album. I mean, I, I, I don't
1: necessarily. Really disagree with anything you guys have said. And by the way, I mean, I would say if you added up all of your discrete complaints about it, at least fifty percent of them were how it's not as good as the previous albums, right? And now you you made very specific and discrete complaints of with the music itself, of course, lazy and and stuff like that. And like I I think I think maybe for me the 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 laziness or also
0: I just I, I hate to say lazy, boring, boring is what I would say. Yeah, okay, because lazy the... implies like.
2: Yeah, like when I when I say lazy, just like phoning it in. <laughs> it, it's part yeah. of because, like to me, like mix wise, this sort of reminds me of like Far Beyond Driven, mm-hmm. right? Far Beyond Driven feels very naked and very exposed. But the thing is, is that the songwriting and the performances on Far Beyond Driven are in a goddamn are in the goddamn stratosphere. Mm-hmm. Okay, the songwriting on Trenkill is not as good. That's my favorite album. The songwriting isn't as good, but they almost make f- make up for it with the vibe and the atmosphere. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. this album has goddamn zero vibe, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and and like there's not as much. There's some, but there's not as, there's not that layered approach to the vocals with Phil. Like everything feels just bare, bare fucking bones, and so that's what I mean when I when I say lazy. I'm referring a lot to the production. Gotcha, and
1: yeah. everything that you just said. I think what I interpret that as when I listen to this, is I think of it as efficient and muscular and and like simple, but not in a bad way. I but think of it in, in an that, efficient way. If
2: you if are gonna do that, you gotta have like fucking ripping songs.
1: <laughs> but I really like the riffs. And like for me, sixty to seventy-five percent of my um, appreciation of Pantera is just the riffs, and then the rest of it, minus a couple of percentage points, is Vinnie Paul. And then the mm. remainder is like the combination of Phil and Rex. Just, that's just the way my brain works. I'll, yeah, I'll yeah,
2: give
0: yeah. you that. Because the riffs, the riffs are great. There I, are some really good
1: riffs on
2: this. I,
0: I don't agree. As a guitar player, I do not agree with this. But but only like halfway. Okay. Because there are some amazing riffs on this. Yeah. Uh, but then there's stuff like... Did I write it down? I didn't write it down. I think it's like the beginning of yesterday don't mean shit where it's like dun 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 is that that song Uh, i think that's goddamn electric no 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 No. no, it's not that ( libro) so it's always dun 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 And then it goes down like a half step. And it goes back up. And that's the whole intro. I was like, "What the fuck is that lazy shit?" Because, (laughs) yeah, yeah, I think that is goddamn like the part of me. Yeah, and it goes. Maybe you're right. Yeah, maybe
2: right.
0: And you
1: probably think that riff is boring, right?
0: I just think it's like what even is that riff? It's cool. You just went, you just played it's a, th- a cool riff. You played a note and twice and then you went down a half step and you came back up and he does it again later in, um,
1: but even, okay. When, 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 even in that, in that riff, he's not just going dun, 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 If you, I mean, I'm not saying you don't hear this, but, but when Wait, I no, hear no, that, no, say it. He doesn't. he's, say he's he doesn't doing, hear it. he's doing a, he's <laughs> doing a very subtle pull off. And it's very subtle. It's like one of those little things where he does like a like a quarter step bend. It's like a very subtle thing that he does with the guitar. It's not dun 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 dun. It's blah, blah, blah. he kind of does a, a very mm. subtle pull off. Yeah. And to me, it's fucking that's cool. And it's very subtle. And it sounds even though it's a very simple, mm. just half step down and back up. It's 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 a dime bag version of that very simple half step and down and back up. Okay.
0: So maybe you're right. Maybe I'm. It's hearing it's that like wrong. it's it's
1: so. I mean it's it is simple, but it he he, he puts a little
0: stank on it because it's fucking dime bag so oh, so maybe maybe you're right. I'll have to go back and listen to it in with that in mind.
2: so what I would say I just don't
0: think it's that good to do anyway. look it's it's not it's not I'm
1: broken,
2: <laughs> but again, we're not talking about far beyond driven <laughs> <laughs> what I would say in in like my sort of like lit litany like my my breakdown of like the criteria which with you judge out with that which you judge albums by, right mm-hmm. like. Um, you have songwriting, performances, production, lyrics, vibe, and influence. Okay, so that would be like lazy songwriting, but the performance—yeah, like the way that Dime plays it—and to me, that's the o- the only thing that makes this album fucking listenable. Is the way that Dime and Vinny play, right?
0: Yeah, I
1: and and I freely admit that. Uh, most of my appreciation of Pantera is probably on that superficial level. It's just the Mm -hmm. fucking riffs I think are cool Mm -hmm. and they sound cool and he plays them cool. Right. (laughs) You know, even the, even the boring ones are like kind of cool. Like I'm like, Oh damn, I like the way he did that. Like, it's very superficial for me. I I fucking dig it. I I like it. Right. And and it's, and it just sounds, it's, it's stripped down to its barest elements in, in a way that to me is not um, uninspired as much as it is, stripped down and sim- simplified because right. one of the complaints that i had about their their previous albums which again i think are better sure mike they kind of tend to meander or like experiment in a way that's like i don't find very compelling sometimes mm. well, and, fighting and, words and and uh and like it's not all the time obviously but like there are certain things that they do i'm just kind of like oh, it just doesn't really work for me like that's i respect them for doing it but it's just I, I don't like it i don't care about it that much right yeah yeah, yeah but yeah. on this album it's like it, they don't fuck around, really. It's like every it, the whole thing
2: is just muscular, efficient, kind of cool riffs. Yeah, and, and and I don't think you're wrong. Yeah, I really don't think you're wrong. And and it's and it's really unfortunate because we didn't get to hear what they did next. Mm-hmm. And if yeah. and if we got to hear what they did next, and it went in another sort of like darker, experimental, like oh, I've never heard anything like that before. Then this in the context of that might be
1: this like, could have been a transitional thing like this would right. in context this might have been way better cuz then you're like oh i see that they were moving towards this direction and then the next one was it, yes. really good you know but this yes. was sort of like this was on the way from so trend kill to whatever the unnamed last album would have been right 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 you know, and
2: i and i will absolutely concede that possibility um,
1: but honestly, as, as I've been sitting here and I've been thinking about the lyrics, I'm like, oh, those are dog shit lyrics. <laughs> I'm like, what, what does he say? Like, 68 into the world born, 70s a breath after the world. Four. Like, what are you narrating, Forrest Gump? Like... <laughs> 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 the lyrics are dog
0: shit. Oh, man. Let the record show. Uh, th- there's a line in We'll Grind That X for a Long Time where he says, that smell in the air is chicken shit. That smells. I so- don't know what he's talking about. <laughs>
2: So uh, like I almost put "We'll grind that Axe as one of my essential tracks, but I realized like no, I don't fucking like this song. <laughs> but I like two of the I like two of the hooks in this song. Yeah. I like the <laughs> but then it's like wait a minute, that's kind of like a less cool version of "Art of Shredding." Um, <laughs> yeah. and and then I like the like "We'll grind that axe, we'll grind that." Axe you know i like that sure um but yeah as a song like well and this other thing like i think like the last black sabbath album with fucking ozzy was called never say die yes so just you can't you can't put some shit out there like that because that's how you know it's the end Yeah. like never say die oh that's the last album y'all are gonna do
0: (laughs) we'll grind that x for a long time i fucking doubt it (laughs) well you don't you don't Declare that you're reinventing the steel and then put this as your fucking album Yeah, cover. what is the deal <laughs> with this fuck? fucking this album shit. art? I I I never it's was... a naked dude what with his like junk, like mosaic out with what like was... a whiskey bottle. No, 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 what no, no, were no, they no, thinking? No,
2: no. What's what's mosaic out is not his junk
0: is it's it not a, like it's the a whiskey bottle or something? Yeah, it's a wild
2: turkey. Oh the bottle, bottle? itself is mosaic. Yes, out. Yeah, yes yeah, to avoid like cop like trademark infringement.
0: Oh,
1: but like I, I I'm so confused about like what was the concept here.
0: It's really dumb. That's it. I, That's think, I, think, I think you're looking at it, yeah.
1: Is, and I always want to say he's flipping the bird, but he's
2: not, actually. Yeah, no, 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 like, I the, the best album cover that that Pantera did, the best well-designed album cover they've did, is this.
0: Is Official Live. That's the best. Like, artistically, what? Well, well, fuck, I don't know. Look it's, at that! It's that or Cowboys from Hell. It's one of the Look two. at that. Dude, fuck you. No! Like,
2: Cowboys from Hell is no, no, good no.
0: because it's bad. I know! I'm dying <laughs> is, on this two. How is
1: this even an argument? There's literally a person getting punched in the face on one of their album covers. It's obviously that.
0: <laughs>
2: uh, I mean, they all have their photo. That so, but I feel like that was a accident. Like that, that was a happy accident. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, he's right. That is the best. Is this one. guy?
1: He's, is it just the literal photo of a guy jumping through a bonfire yes! or something like? Is yes, that, is that all it's it like is?
2: they're fucking like oh, sound a- tech. It's Sterling Winfield, whoever the fuck that is. That's it's wow. What? It's just some dude they know. It's bad. You know, That's real bad. no, no, they don't do like Pan I, I said it before, of all the amazing things that Pantera does, album covers <laughs> ain't one of them. Not really one of them. Like they had to be talked out of like a fucking raw ass sphincter with a drill in it for Far Beyond Driven. <laughs> that was their original like pitch. Like, yeah, someone's spreading their hairy ass cheeks with a fucking drill in it. Um He's he's gonna go get an ass cheek. <laughs> um now seriously where's it going do you know i don't know back right. in Maybe. well or? i hope he will be back um but but yeah like that um i don't know if i should keep talking or if we should just wait um well we can keep talking and then we can cut it out if we need to yeah
1: fair enough let's just not say anything good <laughs> but <laughs> or, or, yeah or we'll interesting.
2: Just, yeah so robert just dipped out so we're just going to make sure we don't say anything that's worth keeping um but but are so, you guys gonna do other? Uh, I'm I'm assuming you'll do other series like
1: different like catalogs or have you done other catalogs already?
2: I don't I don't. We'll never do anything as exhaustive as Pantera just yeah. because there's no other band that is so. Yeah, who else would you do it with? Quintessential to our experience mm-hmm. as Pantera, um, because for us and being the age that we were and the time that we were, like you had to have an opinion about every Pantera record. Mm-hmm. You know, like it was just, you know, and also, though, the thing was, is it like there wasn't a lot of, you know, <clears throat> like there was the new metal thing that was coming up, but didn't really have a name yet. But like just like the people that would go to a Pantera show and a Slayer show, you know, that's that thing, man, do player was Slayer was playing clubs at this time. Mm-hmm. They were touring That's for crazy. undisputed attitude and playing fucking clubs. It was wild. You know, and so Pantera really was the only band that was waving the flag, the, the like unapologetically metal flag. Like there was no other band you could go see in an arena. Mm-hmm. And so Pantera, whenever Pantera played, it was this gathering. It was this like yeah, this yeah. is like, you know, yeah, maybe not all these people are into death metal. You know, but like you had people that were in the death mode. You had people were in this, you had people on this, but everyone would fucking go see Pantera, you know? Like I remember going up in like 2001 to see the Pledge of Allegiance tour with like Slipknot, System of Down, and Rammstein in Dallas at Reunion Arena. And fucking Dime was in the fucking audience. Nice. Just hanging out, having a good fucking time, you know? (laughs) And so, so much of Pantera is just... Married with our experience, there's no other band, no equivalent, that that we would be. The only other band that we would be able to do as much, even close to as much about, I guess, is maybe Metallica. Yeah, yeah, Um, maybe. You know, like I bet we'll end up doing a few episodes on Machine Head because Mm -hmm. Machine Head is like just one of our favorite bands, but like nothing as exhaustive as what we're doing on Pantera. Yeah, Um, agreed. So something else I wanted to throw out about Reinventing the Steel um, is like the drumming, okay? Mm -hmm. So the drumming is very clever, and it's like tasteful, and it's slick, and whatnot, and it's interesting, and it's fun to listen to, and all that sort of stuff. But but, But what Vinny did on Cowboys from Hell... Like I went and found an old like modern drummer interview. I was reading it the other day. Modern fucking drummer. Mo- your your boy, <laughs> modern fucking drummer, the king of thrash metal drumming. I know what they're talking about.
3: <sighs>
2: Sorry, more home video. Books. Video shit. Um, I should go and watch those. You should. I bet it's gonna be here, sure
1: Miss. No, I I think it would be really fun actually.
2: Um, there's moments in it that are like pure bliss, and there's and I'm sure there's gonna be moments of like. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, we're gonna do an episode about the home videos with Jet. So, oh, nice. It's nice. This is gonna be a thing. <laughs> <Nice>. Um, uh, <laughs> I remember, I remember us hanging out and like watching one of them with Jeremy's like future wife, this like wonderfully like incredible singer, wonderfully educated woman from Spain named Itzi Itziar. Rather. And she was like, Why would we watch this? They look like they smell bad.
0: (laughs) (laughs) She was not incorrect. (laughs) (laughs) Um
2: (laughs) But so like the thing is is like the way that Vinny played on Cowboys Some Hell, it raised the bar on the level of not just on like the vocabulary of metal drumming, but also on like the precision of playing and the production Mm -hmm. of it. And then same thing on Far Beyond Driven, like he played things on Far Beyond Driven that still are not in the metal vocabulary. Like 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 the break I talked about it too much on the last episode, but like the breakdown in like Slaughtered, you know, the gun gun that's still like not really canon in the metal vocabulary, or like the foot patterns he does and all that sort of shit. Um, and so. Not so much on trinkill but the atmosphere and everything and the way that the drums carry everything, I feel like is still really incredible. But on this, it's just like, you know, mm-hmm. and my, that might just be like what you're saying about like so much of it depends on where you were at the time. And, I, and so for Vinny to not continue raising the bar felt like a disappointment to me.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: But then at the same time, it does sort of like really shine the light on those guys that do continue to do that. Like the like the drummers that keep people going to the shed, mm-hmm. like George Coleus or like Thomas Hockey and whatnot, that are like for like a decade plus are able to keep people like, bet you can't play this. <laughs> you know, and and so... Like it's it's all like you know man it sucks man because like v- I play drums because of Vinnie fucking Paul like that's that's why I play drums mm-hmm. is because of being 13, 12 years old and seeing him play live and Bill, fuck that's it mm-hmm. you know so I don't want to like shit on the dude but at the same time I can like acknowledge that like there's a certain aspect of like he stopped pushing the envelope by the time that he got to here and it was just like well, I'm just gonna like. You know, I'm just going to
0: play some slick stuff, you know, and it, man, it's not what I was there for, you know? I mean, I kind of feel the same way about the guitar playing. Yeah. I, I, and honestly, less about the playing, more about the production. So I don't know how you feel about this, but I feel like, I feel like Dime's guitar tone was not on this album anywhere. It wasn't. It, I mean, it
1: was because it had mids. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, 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 uh, I like it. I like his scooped sound, obviously, a lot. Um, like, I'm Broken. I still think I'm Broken is the quintessential Pantera song, in every way to me.
0: No, I won't, I won't disagree. I'm here. not gonna disagree. We got
1: For together me. and jammed that song a few it's years just, ago. It was so fun. God damn it! But like, and, and so that to me is like from a tone and everything is like that's 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 dime. And I agree that reinventing is not dime, but I like the way it sounds. I think it sounds good. Okay objectively but i don't think it sounds yeah. like dime
0: okay and it was yeah. it was
1: cool to hear him with like a more like midsy sounding tone because it brought out things in his playing that would get lost i think um in in this when mm. you remove the mids because you literally lose harmonic content when you take away like yeah. mm. the mid-range of the sound um so i think there are little things that like kind of come out with this but again it's it's not a dime tone though
2: i agree Th- these are very fair points I feel, you yeah. know, and I. This is why we needed Harrison for this episode, yeah. because without you, this would have just been a, like just a shit fest, reinventing it's the shit. Much. But, <laughs> like it was, it's it's
1: objectively their worst album, and I don't think anyone could disagree with that. I mean, in
2: my in my opinion, I mean, when and that's what's so like frustrating about it, because it's like if I like orient myself in a certain perspective, I'm like, this is more consistent than vulgar. Like I can like it is more consistent, but it's consistently worse. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like
0: like it's, it's almost hard. It's almost hard for me to to say that. Uh, it's it can it's obviously objectively the worst album because it's so subjectively their worst album to me (laughs) yeah i (laughs) I can't i can't separate yeah like fuck why can't i see it that way yeah Uh, oh boy
1: yeah like i don't well i here's another dimension maybe that's coloring my perception Mm of it um I think I was still on my linear, uh, aggressive, extreme metal um, bent. Yeah. And although I, I could probably argue... I mean, this is just like the sense that I have. I, I, if I actually went back and like actually listened to all their songs and tried to apply that my, my historical thinking about extreme metal or whatever onto this, maybe it wouldn't be the case. But I feel like Trend Kill is probably their most extreme album. I would agree. Ex- yeah. Like from a whatever. Yeah, but yeah. there are things on this album that are superficially, like, a couple parts on Hellbound and a couple of other things. They're, like, yeah. superficially very extreme sounding. Totally. And I think for me, I was, like, really receptive to that still. Mm. I was still, like, oh, fuck. <laughs> like, I was, like, that's fucking badass. You know, like, that's cool. There superficially. Are,
0: there are parts on this where they just, like, let loose. Yeah. yeah. Or they just, like, do do something so e- extreme, I guess is the only way to describe it. Like, they do something so much in some direction. Yeah. Uh, that they hadn't done before necessarily, because like that that riff on Hellbound
1: is very simplistic, and I think to me that's and it, it's it's very simplistic. It's yeah. like that's like barely Pantera, but it's Pantera doing a non-Pantera thing, which sounds fucking cool. And sure. then Phil's fucking screeching over that, and so I'm like. This is cool. I, I dig this. If this wasn't Pantera, I'd be like, "This is a badass fucking album."
0: <laughs> so, <laughs> right? Did we give our song? Did Not really, songs? man. Um, yeah. Did, so, did we have songs? Kind of. Uh, I I did eventually get songs. Yeah. Like I
2: almost like it was, was very like, hard. "This isn't really like three essential. This is three tolerable." <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's where
0: three I landed. That I want to immediately turn off. That's where I landed to too. Yeah. So, so I mean, I, I will say that when I, before I even listen to these albums again. I automatically on my list put uh, Revolution as my name, but it did not make my top three.
2: Me neither mm, Dude fuck that
0: song <laughs> Because I'm like, I was like I listened to it again I was like I know that I love Playing this song But this song's Fucking lame I'm, dude
2: I'm a, re- I'm a real Snooty elitist Asshole About how <laughs> About triplet shit And so Like you got You know You gotta I don't I don't I'm I'm real picky About, about triplet shit So And I You you, you keep Revolution I, I don't I,
0: I'd rather hear it Than Uplift But okay well so uplift is on my list <laughs> because it does some interesting shit at least. you know man that's fair that's fair yeah. that's fair but, I, I mean that kind of became my criteria for this album was like what is going on here that is interesting so okay so what are your trash tracks what what is the worst what's the I, bottom of the barrel on this album for you I couldn't pick one I had to pick two I picked death Rattle and we'll grind that Axe.
1: yeah I, I would probably go I, I would probably pick the same. To uh, leaning towards we'll grind that axe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think yeah. there's a cool riff on it. Like,
0: he, I, again, there even, was a cool riff even, on all these songs, like, really. And,
1: and when I was, um, when Richard had asked me to like do a similar ranking for the other albums, yeah. And I was like trying to pick the trash songs. I was like, oh, but this has a really
2: badass riff on it. Right.
0: <laughs> it was. <Fuck>. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Right.
2: Um, I was torn between my trash. Between, at first, I was like, oh, it's gonna be you know belong to it. Like that's gonna be the one that I'm gonna put in the fucking garbage. You know, yeah, um, again, triplet shit, you know, <laughs> yeah. but then, like, gotta
0: belong to it. <laughs>
2: oh, ah, fuck that but then um but the bridge is pretty neat and then it got back to uplift and i was like oh, i remember how much this song fucking sucks <laughs> uplift like the hard oh, head first into traffic oh yeah to tell them what i'll do yeah like, it's like oh god like, no and it's like this is the other thing a thing it's like you hear like just the drums and this is the only time you've heard just drum and right. vocals and it's like is that really how bad the drums fucking sound on these <laughs> records? Is that the terrible drum sound that you need to work with Dime's fucking guitar tone?
0: Is that really uh, it? Oh, because yeah, it feels it feels like they really thought they had something to say with that part. Like we're we're just gonna they really thought
1: they did something. <laughs>
0: we're, yeah, we're, like I, I hate to say that, but like it feels like they wanted to strip it down that far, where it's just like. Just dr- drums and fucking the lyrics, and the lyrics are gonna shine The lyrics yeah. are gonna carry like, <laughs> this yeah. part, and boy, did they not do that. <laughs>
1: That's a good point. Um,
0: it's 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 not good, but it was one of my top three keepers. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't I don't know what that means. Wait, exactly. that was not your
2: trash. Yeah. No. <laughs> what was what would you throw the fuck away? You said it already. I, I said
0: death rattle and wheel grind. Yeah, that you ax. said that. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah because yeah. they were like egregiously like what the fuck is this yeah
2: shit, yeah there's some cool drum shit and we'll grind there is there so sure is that was like that almost made my essential one so another one of my essential ones so i put hellbound so did i uh put yesterday hmm I think yesterday was one of the tracks that they kept that they like kept in their live set for this, you know.
0: There's some cool <laughs> stuff
2: in there. And yeah. there's like that wicked ass drum feel.
1: That I think Yesterday do not me shit is one of my favorite Pantera songs. It <laughs> might be I, I, I fucking that. love that song. Damn. Okay. That riff. It's, yeah. Like that's it, sure. That and that's pretty almost kind of a classic Pantera riff. Like I could see that being on one of their earlier albums. It might be the best song. It's on the maybe record. the closest, the closest thing to like Pantera, that they sound on yeah, this, in okay, my opinion. Okay,
2: I, I think there is an argument that it's the best song on the record. Um, Hellbound is cool, but it's more of a novelty.
0: Yeah, agreed. It is more of a novelty. Um, it's but, like
2: cool to
1: hear them just go all out, you know, but it's very much doesn't really sound like them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. But I, I think, I think, I think the best songs on the record are Yesterday and I'll Cast a Shadow.
0: So that was my third one to keep. And my, I, I think that's my, the best one of on the album. My too. I
2: I actually really liked.
1: Um, it makes them disappear. Because I felt like they were, I felt like, hear me out, hear me out. Yeah, go ahead. Please, please, please. I felt like that we were talking earlier about like. The the reaction. We were talking earlier about like, like this could have been a transitional album. And I I swear to God that like, and they they, they had other, I feel like they had other um, um, inklings of this in their earlier catalog, but I feel like they could have gone down a path that was more doomy and a little bit more like like slow and like like doomer stoner type stuff like maybe kind of like down or whatever Way but down yeah um it would have been co- kind of cool to see them pull that thread a little more um, and i feel like mm. that was a, a small hint at what they might have been so
2: have y'all listened so this this pantera record stands in stark contrast to the other pantera records in the sense that they had actual leftover tracks for it hmm. that showed up on soundtracks oh have y'all listened to the track, Avoid the Light. Oh, that sounds... I don't think so. Familiar. So, so, that track, if that track would have been on this record, it probably would have been one of my favorite ones. What was it on? Um, I think it was on like a Dracula soundtrack or some shit <laughs> like that. Okay. Um, But it is... um. So, it's different. And it's almost like... Uh-oh. Did I just like just beer, 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 beer. Just call an emergency yeah. SOS? Um that's embarrassing. I feel like a boomer. Um <laughs> well I feel like I've heard this at some point. But anyway, I'm not gonna like do that. But y'all should go and fucking listen to that because it's it's interesting, it's different. And 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 lyrically, it's more fantastical. It's more like Cowboys from Hell. You know what I mean? It's more of a throwback to that, and, it, and it's really enjoyable to listen to. I don't know. It's interesting because I, th- I think that like that is an aspect of it, for me, personally, that it's like all right. I want to hear Pantera do some shit that I haven't heard them do before, and I want to hear. I, I, you know, I want to hear, like, I either want to hear fantastical lyrics that it's like, yeah, this is clearly a story. I don't need your heart to be in this. This is a goddamn story about medicine men and souls in a box and (laughs) vampires or whatever the fuck. Uh Yes. Or I want to hear you talk about, like, your fucking, like, drug addiction and you want to kill yourself and your daddy touched you or whatever it was. (laughs) Like, I need to hear this. (laughs) And I don't want anything in between. I don't want, I don't want, like, you know, like, you know trusty is whiskey and weed and slayer like i don't i don't i mean that's fine that's fine but i mean that's actually the better lyrics on this record i'm not I, gonna oh, shit on that yeah, but right, but you yeah. know just me personally you know mm-hmm. because the lyrics are such an important part of how i experience the music you know yeah
0: uh, I, i'm not at all against pantera doing things they haven't done before i'm i'm all for pantera doing new shit Right. It it just seems like they didn't want to really do this. (laughs)
2: And, like, that's what's so weird about this. Like, how does it feel, like, so different than what they've done but still
0: so, like... Because it objectively is different from everything they've done in so many different ways. But how does it feel so, like, conservative and so, like, Mm -hmm. non-risk-taking
2: and so safe at the same time? Yeah, because it
0: it doesn't feel like they they said, here's the fucking direction we're going to go now. It feels like they said... Well, here's what, I don't know, we can do this maybe, I don't know. If I yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, it,
1: did, it did feel like a um, a, a subtraction of of, of things um, rather than like a shifting or changing, you know, they just removed anything that was like made them kind of edgy almost. And yeah. then they maybe replaced it with superficially edgy things, I don't know, mm-hmm. like more whammy pedal or whatever.
0: <laughs> maybe. Like the, the whammy pedal is such a weird thing for for Dimes playing because he's done it since... I think he started it on Far beyond um but it was used to like really interesting effect there um and here it's just like I'm trying to think of where it showed up on Trendkill. I know it did somewhere but I can't remember where <laughs> but like be, like becoming on Far beyond is bam yeah. bam bam and there are a few different places on there uh but on here it's just like I'm gonna do a thing and here's the whammy pedal I don't know I'm <laughs> gonna... what was it that um...
2: so like a few weeks ago you're not on you're not on on the FB mm-hmm. but Harrison was like yeah thinking about the like rank Pantera albums and what was it that that, that, uh, that James said he was like cowboy Hell and vulgar oh everything else oh I'm gonna have to look it up yeah, it was, okay. it was, it was definitely a hot take alert. It was something to the effect of like <laughs> Cowboys somehow like because Harrison put out like a hey, like, here's my rankings of Pantera albums, what do y'all think? You yeah. Know? yeah, yeah. And someone was like, Cowboys and Vulgar are all that matter. Everything after that is just pure cringe pushed through a Digitech panel. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was funny. Okay. And I was like, hot take Henry alert. Here you go. <laughs> yeah. Okay.
1: okay. Vulgar and cowboys. Everything else is just cringy bullshit that sounds like razor blades through Digitech.
2: Oh, there you go. <laughs> I mean, but but this is the thing. Like, I bet that dude. I bet he's just a little bit older than us. Maybe. Um, yeah. mm-hmm. Because for like you know, like my buddy Shay, like a lot of people that are a little older than us, they talk about like like when Cowboys from Hell hit and Vulgar hit, it became this template for like, oh shit, that's how fucking good records have to sound now, right? And so it was, it it hit in a totally different way than it did for us, you know, where, because that's the thing too, is like, we experienced the first three Pantera records almost all at one time, Mm -hmm. Mm. you know? And so, so anyway, but yeah, I don't, I don't don't have any more shit to throw at reinventing the steel. I think I threw all the shit I want to throw.
0: Yeah. I, I just don't think it's, I just don't think it's very interesting.
3: Yeah, I, I just it, don't
2: think it's a great Pantera album. Right. And w- what I was saying to Harrison while you stepped out was like the big thing is that maybe this would have – that that's the big tragedy of it is that we don't know what album they would have made after this. I
0: kind of wish they hadn't made this album. <laughs> I, I was on top. I was thinking <laughs> I about mean, so I, I had the thought if they had gone out with those last two tracks on 101 proof like that would have been the fucking kick. yeah like, I had the thought of like making the joke uh, of like
2: of like yeah you know it's just it's such a shame that this live record is the, the last, last thing way. that <laughs> we heard of Pantera anyway good night everyone <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. uh, I almost
0: made that joke so um, the, the, like listening to these two albums back to back it's the, the contrast is so stark between these last two tracks and this album it really like, is
1: th- this is so fucking good you know it's really interesting because like i i didn't really I ha- there weren't a lot of people that i was jamming pantera with and talking about pantera with so much mm-hmm. that was kind of a late in life thing for me was to like geek out on pantera with people and i think early on um I, I never really talked to anyone about reinventing the steel and like why I wasn't supposed to like it, you know? <laughs> and like I think now I'm now I'm like concerned that I'm gonna go back and listen to it and be like, oh fuck, he's right. <laughs> he's a hundred percent right. But, this is but, dog but shit. It's like
2: there's so many layers to it because in the other sense, it's like it's like, god damn it, like and and this hit me early on, you know, and what i I I'm gonna unpack this at, at at length and stuff, but like <clears throat> Dying Bag Dying was a fucking was a thing for for me and for a lot of other people and so in a certain sense it's like i'm I'm grateful for fucking anything Mm -hmm. i'm grateful Mm -hmm. for any like yeah man dude give me the give me the worst fucking record you made (laughs) i'm 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 grateful to have anything give me all of it Mm -hmm. you know and so there's like there's like that sense of it but then there's also you know like the other perspective that i've spoken to at length here for the past hour or whatever you know and it's just it's like that's just the great tragedy of it like there's the tragedy that 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 you know like these four dudes were man like that candle was burning so hot for the you know what i mean for the first like eight years of the fucking 90s right that you know something was gonna have to give because they were, like, sort of shouldered with, like, hey, carry the entire fucking metal scene. Like, the only unapologetically metal arena band. You know? Because even Metallica wasn't unapologetically metal. You know? As much as I am a load apologist, you can't, like, you you definitely can't say that Metallica was being unapologetically metal. And, and so that's the great tragedy of it, is that is that they weren't able to work out their inner conflict and that we didn't get uh and that we didn't get a fifth Pantera record. I mean I'm sorry, a sixth Pantera record. Um, and that and that we didn't get a Pantera reunion because mm-hmm. because Dime was murdered. You know? Yep. And that's like that's the levels of, of, of tragedy to this. Yeah. You
0: know. Um So Uh, yeah. And like for, for as much as I can say for, for as much as I keep saying and thinking like, this is an objectively bad album. There's, I, I can't realistically say that I'm like removing the subjectivity from that. I just can't do it because I'm, I have to compare this to the other Pantera albums, whether I want to or not. Right. I can't see it any other way. Right. So It, it, It it probably is, especially compared to like a lot of other albums out there. It's probably pretty good.
2: It's still probably better than like ninety percent of albums. I just can't see it that way, right? Because our experience is so ingrained in those first four, and the arc of those first four records. Yeah. And so for like that, for them to sort of like have a creative pivot, or you know, like backpedal, that's to to me that's the like sin. That's like the only sin an artist can 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 commit is a creative backpedal Mm -hmm. in a sense. You know what I mean? Mm. You, you, you can only do it if you've doubled down for a decade, right? Like if reload (laughs) would have been a thrash record, Metallica would not have a career, but that they did like a, a thrashy record, like a decade later, like with death magnetic or whatever, then it's okay. Fine.
0: But Man, we yeah. should we should talk about Metallica at some point too. Oh, we oh gotta. Go. We'll go to. Well, yeah. we definitely will. Get, get Harrison back in here for that.
2: You know, <laughs> it's like all right for this next this next episode Metallica. What I have to say, is sh-
1: I have a theory about Metallica. Not a theory, but like an observation about um, their three core, in my opinion, core albums. You know, Ride. Uh, Master and and Justice for All mm-hmm. that I would love to like explain on on camera one day. <laughs> you, you, you got a short version as an outro. Yeah, I mean I'm sure I'm positive I'm not the only person to make this um, to make this uh, observation. But those three albums uh, have they follow a formula, an extremely predictable formula in terms of the uh, song uh, list. Yes, mm-hmm. right. and sp- specifically like the actual like position on the um, fretboard oh. of the like key fourth song they all literally are the in the exact same position but like it's the first song is the thrashy song with the little intro the mm-hmm. second song is the t- the titular track the third song is a song the fourth song the fourth song the fourth song is like the the like you know hit or not hit but like the like epic song.
0: On, yeah. on, that, on, on lightning it's fade to black fade
1: to black and you're on yeah. two on the A four I mean I'm, I fucking can't read music so f- pardon me Yeah, yeah but you're, you know two four open Yeah. okay and then you go to master puppets uh, sanitarium Yeah. Zero two four. same zero, right. shit da, 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 same like fucking same, position same position yep. and then uh, one <laughs> yeah. two four nice So and that's the fourth song every time we, yeah, we need to talk about this more and it just keeps going <laughs> and then you have like a, right. little, a little bit later the instrumental track and then like at it, right. the they're the exact if you like, plotted track. them visually, they would just be like they would lay on top of each other. But
2: there are like nine tracks on Injustice, they're not Orion. perfect. It's this is, the formula isn't
0: 100% predictable, but
2: the formula is predictable for Ride to Master, like those albums are like, but so like close. the instrumental
0: track is always second to last, I mm-hmm. think.
2: Yep. right, correct. Yeah, Orion,
1: or Call of Cthulhu, um, Orion, Orion, and then To Live Us to Die, which. He has a, he says a poem, but we'll call it uh, oh, yes. sure, fair enough, yeah, sure, fair. But enough. anyway, yeah, I, I I don't know. When I first learned that, I was like, oh, they're just fucking, they just repeated it every time. But <laughs> I mean, it fine. was still amazing and my favorite albums of all
0: time. But... <laughs> they found the winning formula in that exactly, yeah. literally... So,
2: so what do you prefer, Ride the Lightning or Master of Puppets? Um, if you ask me right now,
1: I would say probably Ride. Actually,
0: I can't fucking answer that. <laughs> <laughs> no, what? But
1: I think
2: for for most of my life, it would have been Master. I uh, I'm I'm fir-
0: probably the same
2: honestly. Yeah. I'm firmly in the Ride the Lightning category. Just it, it 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 was because I think it was because it was the first Metallica album that I got really into that felt really like it was mine. Mm-hmm. You know, and not because you I mean you heard all the songs from Black Album on the fucking radio, but mm-hmm. not everyone was into Ride the Lightning. Yeah. And so, you know, listening on my headphones to Ride the Lightning while my mom drove me and Chris up to band camp. And When I was in junior high, you know, like that, I, I felt like I had a special relationship with that record that I didn't feel like I had with Master of Puppets for whatever reason. Hmm. Hmm. So, yeah, I see that. Cool. Well let's not go down the Metallica rabbit
1: hole just yet save that for another yeah. time.
0: here's what I'll say I, I, I'm, in my mind all I'm doing is pitting Orion versus Cthulhu <laughs> that's all that I'm doing uh, man, and so. man yeah. there's no content like there's no you can't yeah, yeah. Battle of the Titans right there alright man I think I think that's it
1: that's it I think we solved it
0: <laughs> finally so this
2: is this is are you ready for this is the moment that Richard realizes how drunk he is <laughs> <laughs> no, <I'm laughs> oh